because you know why? He's a Frankenstein's monster. Ugh, he's grotesque. Oh. <laughs> he's so grotesque. <laughs> this is part of the lore now, is that we have Frankenstein monsters fighting in the U.S. Army. Why is this always a challenge? It's always hunting season. And then when it's always hunting oh, season. Hi, Clyde. Oh, hello, Herman. Oh, Herman, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. Oh, thank you. I told the barber to let the bangs grow out a little. Oh, no, no. I mean your poetry they published in the Mortician Monthly. Oh, you weave magic with words. Well, I try. I'm no Carl Sandburg. <laughs> Going out to pasture by Herman Munster. When your grazing days are over and you've gone to your reward... Let us plant you neath the clover at a price you can afford. Hello, and welcome to another amazing, one-of-a-kind, genre-defining, uh, magical words, heartfelt from the soul. Episode mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. The Monster Hunters, the only show that there's a shot, but it's hot, hot, stuff. Uh, my name is Derek. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> well, what? You know what? If you're the fir- if you're a first time listener, I should probably tell you what's going on. Uh, we're the only show that dares to shun billions, everything in existence. Uh, yep. We don't we shun everything except for a sixty ish year old sitcom about Frankenstein's monster and his grotesque family. My name is Derek, and I am a monster hunter. And joining me at the monster headed section of love monsterism, I'm not going to explain that. Uh, except for it's a couch in our man cove that after our last place blew up. Ah, God. There's a lot of lore, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, anyway, just go back, go back and listen to everything. And you'll, you'll get all of it very easily. No, they're already this far in. Don't tell them to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, gotta... you, know, you know, after this episode, just write oh, down any notes yeah. where you're confused oh, about yeah, the questions. lore mm-hmm. and then go oh. back. It is all easily explained. Just go to the Muster Hunters wiki and you'll see all this. <laughs> yep. Uh, one of those voices that you're hearing is the one that only shut the MC himself, Keith. Hey, hey, what's up, KG? Shun DMC, Monster Hunter Extraordinaire. Uh, whoop, 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 whoop. And the other voice you're hearing is the moderator of the Monster Hunters Wiki. It is the Dr. Dre of Kansas, Terry. That's right. You know, be professional, be civil in the Monster Hunters Wiki. Uh, we don't just <laughs> let anybody go in there and start changing things. I got to approve it all. Yeah. And let me just tell you, all the requests and changes are coming in quick, so it's hard to keep up. <laughs> so quick. So, so quick. Oh, boy, oh, we're here for season two. Oh, we are T minus 10 episodes left of the original oh. run of the Monsters. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it feels be- like a lot. Oh, I know. Before we could do that, though, we should probably establish some some baseline. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> been a oh, nice. Yeah. This is a nice long weekend. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, true, true. I've been writing some beautiful poems um, from the ship yes. in the heart, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been great. Yeah, just bearing my soul to the world, bearing his soul to the world. This is Terry. So before the steps started. Two thirds of us are are low eat right now, <laughs> running on fumes. So I got to keep that energy pumping. Am I one of the low energy people today? Time mm. will tell. Oh, well, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are doing well. Long weekend. Yeah. Uh, How are you, Derek? Oh shit, Terry. I'm good. Oh, cool. Thanks for asking. Shit. <laughs> 
Wasn't mm-hmm. sure that was going, but glad it's good. Oh god, it's so good. Uh I, I was thinking of trying to think of a song to sing, and I couldn't even think of that. Is that because I'm tired? I don't know. No. But we're here. <laughs> Season two, episode twenty-three. Serrano Day Munster or Cyrano Day Munster. I like Serrano, that's a type of pepper. It's a little bit spicier than the old jalapeno. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's Cyrano, right? I think you know what's when I saw the title of this episode, I said, man, we break, I bring this up quite often. <laughs> and I can never remember what the, the, uh, the original story is. And I still don't remember what it's called. And Keith always chimes in with Toronto Bergerac. Yeah, that's the one. And it's come up at least five times in conversation throughout yeah, the course I, of the, I think we talked about in reference to like the Steve Martin Roxanne movie. Yeah. And one time. Yeah. And but you're, done. and you having, uh, not even a face for podcasting. I think. That's oh, what that's it was. true. Yeah. I don't yeah. have a face for podcasting. Like I got, I got face. I got face. <laughs> I got a face <laughs> for currency, face. man. Yeah, I should be on a quarter or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, we should all get our own. Well, we have our own <laughs> island here. We could start minting our own coins. So. Oh my goodness, I never even considered that. I don't even know where to buy a mint, uh, uh, like the kind that makes money. eBay. I'm sure they're easy enough to find. Yeah. Maybe maybe Etsy. Yeah, maybe. Uh we'll see. We'll We'll look into that later. But before we could do that, Terry and I we need to recline. And uh because Keith is going to saunter up to that bookshelf. Chris. Oh, do you smell that? Oh. What's that? Do you smell that? Oh, I know. Keith started picking that thing up. (laughs) I was gonna describe how clean the bookshelf is. It's sterile, the walls Mm -hmm. so clean. Mm -hmm. Everything's so clean, but he's going to grab this. Oh, God, this disgusting, disgusting looking book covered in sphincters and pus. Mm-hmm. And, it's almost dripping with like I mean, sweat or something. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. All right. Awesome so tooth. I, I asked one of, I asked one of the staff around here. I, I slipped him an extra 50 and said, Hey, can you, can you clean it up? Can you go down and clean up the, I didn't have time to get to it today. Could you go and clean off the mantle, clean off the book? You know, could, could you go ahead and handle that? I thought they said yes. They took my 50. Um, <laughs> and uh, they mumbled something under their breath. Yes. They and, don't like you very uh, much. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think he said no, but who knows? Uh, and um, it looks like they cleaned everything except for the book. No, that book is just disgusting. And you're uh, going to pick it up off the off the mantle, the bookshelf, the whatever it is that we have over there. No like gloves or rolling. anything. It's kind of gross. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I bought fresh white gloves just for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be stained. Yeah. yeah. Well, because last time I left some marks. I didn't like that. They It took like a week from the go away. Keith so, has got yeah. some brand new gloves. They look no. so fresh, so clean. So fresh, so clean, clean. <laughs> He's going to touch that disgusting book and read to it from us or to us from the Monster Hunters Almanac Factoid. <laughs> so clean of the week. February 24th, 1966. Thursday, 55th day of the year of 1966. Hmm. The eighth Thursday of the year. 173 days are left until this episode turns 58 incredible less than half a year that Mm. means if people are paying attention they'll know our recording cadence is fucked yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
There have been 21,011 days since this first aired. And uh, a lot of things have happened since then. Some things happened before then. Let's I would say more things. things happened before then, right? Yeah. Been- yes. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank like you, uh, 1868, Andrew Johnson becomes the first president of the United States to be impeached by the United States House of Representatives. Later, he's acquitted in the Senate. Okay. Wow. Let's see here. Oh, 1942, the Battle of Los Angeles. One of the largest documented UFO sightings in history. <laughs> I didn't know the about event this. that lasted into the early hours of February 25th. Isn't a movie? Yeah. Battlefield Los Angeles? Well, they did. They Battlefield ended, Earth. They, That's the they did a movie eventually uh, about it, um, which I think is actually called Battle of, of Los Angeles. Scientologists. Yeah. Uh, on the evening of February 24th, 1942, anti-aircraft barrage of more than 1,440 rounds launched at what it initially thought to be a Japanese aerial attack on the city of Angels. Five civilians died, three from traffic accidents, spawned by the chaos. The city of Angels. That's what it says on the thing I'm reading here by Greg Lucas. Uh, and two from heart attacks. Whoa. Um, theory, what, if anything, is being fired upon remains a mystery. Theories include weather balloons, UFOs, birds, just jitters. Uh, because Jenners. Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor was still a fresh memory, mm. um, and even fresher was a Japanese submarine torpedoing a Santa Barbara oil field on February twenty third. Regardless, the air raid sirens uh, they they blared around seven o'clock. Thousands of raid wardens uh, go to their posts, et cetera, et cetera. But apparently, uh, people they you know people thought there was an alien invasion possibly. So, uh, so some day. of the theories of what it actually was was birds. Sure, yeah. Now, when you say UFO, do you mean aliens or just the fact that it's an unidentified, unidentified flying object? Uh, I, I I, do believe they're referring to aliens at that time, yes. Even though this is during World War II and like you just said, Pearl Harbor happened. Yes, yeah. Plus, they Well, they think, prior. well, the part of it is they don't know exactly what they're shooting at because they think maybe people were a little tense. They thought they saw something. They assumed it was uh japan attacking and they just started firing away it still is a mystery today but it's uh I, it's referred to as the battle of los angeles the largest documented ufo sighting in history and it just blasted a bunch of birds out of the sky mm-hmm. yeah pretty much hmm. uh in 1980 the united states olympic hockey team completes its miracle on ice defeating finland four to two to win the gold medal excellent uh i think a lot of people forget that it wasn't they didn't beat russia to win the gold medal they had beat them two days earlier or to get to that first place game where then they whooped up on Finland. Yep. Nice. Yeah, but nobody ever really talks about the gold medal game. They talk about the previous one. Yeah, because Russia was Russia. Yes. The number one song right now, uh, These Boots Are Made For Walking by Nancy oh, Sinatra. Nice. I, I love that song. Mm-hmm. I love Nancy Sinatra. It's yeah. a great song. I, good stuff. I, I love that riff that's in that song. I did that. I told I don't know why it's never been sampled or it hasn't been sampled more. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, maybe? Yeah, I don't I mean, that I, part. Oh. Is it like the intro? Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. Okay, is it just like sliding down? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. It's just a cool sound. Okay. Now, the Western Zodiac or Sun Sign for a person or episode uh, that came out on February 24th is Pisces, the fish. Uh, mutable oh. sign with water as the Western element. The ruling planet is Neptune, planet of dreams and imagination. Wow. According to the <laughs> <laughs> Neptune's Neptune's yep. that yep. all that and more. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, according to ancient art of Chinese astrology or Eastern Zodiac, the horse is the myth- mythical animal and fire is the Eastern element of a person or episode born on February 24th, 1966. All right, let's get uh, let's get some birthdays going here. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Honus Wagner, former baseball player, uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's the guy who I think I'm yeah, you know, not just being a, a really good baseball player overall, but he's most noted for like his baseball card, like selling it was like yeah. one of those ones that first sold for like millions of dollars. Uh-huh. Wow. The, yeah. The cigar box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of the earliest uh baseball cards out there. 1921, Abe Vigoda. Fish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Terry, do you know what Abe Vigoda is? No, I thought he said Abe the Goat at first. I was confused. <laughs> yes, yes, Abe the Goat. Uh, no, uh, Abe Vigoda. He was on Barney Miller, and then you guys. As <laughs> Do you fish. know what Barney Miller is? And then he has <laughs> own. He got his own spinoff as uh, as Fish. The band. Do you, know, do you know what the Godfather is? I've heard. Oh of yeah, 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 he's yeah. in that. Okay, that, that's probably yeah. the most notable thing. That's okay. yeah. most widely recognized. Barney Miller was like a. 1970s, late 70s, early 80s uh, uh, sitcom about a New York precinct uh, police yeah. department. Oh, and what nice. they had like a, and Abe Vigoda played uh, a person there, a police officer named Fish. And then he was so popular, he got his own spinoff called Fish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I yeah. thought you were referencing the band Fish for a while. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. All right. 1938, Phil Knight. Of uh, Nike fame. Oh, okay. And uh, the movie Air, which was actually pretty good. He wasn't in Air, was he? Well, Ben Affleck played him. Oh, yeah, for sure. 1947, Edward James Olmos. Mm-hmm. 1950, George Thorogood of George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Yeah. Bad the Bone. Always like that song. 1954, Sid Meier. Oh, from Civilization. Yes. Okay, now we're getting into my oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wheelhouse. Nine, oh yep. well, we'll follow that up with 1955. Steve Jobs. Yeah, I do know him as well. Not yeah. excited, but I do know him. Eleven years later, Billy Zane, uh, the guy who sells cooking supplies or cleaning supplies. That's uh, Billy Mays. Yeah, oh. no, Billy Zane played the Phantom. He was in uh, with some. Oh. Of, I think he's in some of the. Um, he's in like the I first uh, Mummy movie, I think, with. Um, Brendan Fraser. I saw a movie. He was on the Titanic. With what was it? It was like Tales from the Crypt, the movie Demon Knight or something like that. I think <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, that seems about right. That seems about right. He's in uh, Zoolander. Okay. 1968, Mitch Hedberg, comedian. Uh huh. Okay. And 1977, Floyd Mayweather Jr., the fighting oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Boxer. And like all around, like villain <laughs> of a human being. Yeah. Uh, one day earlier. Oh, uh, Dana Scully was born. Oh, from yeah. the X Files. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. Boop, 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 now, boop, boop. if you want to celebrate any of those birthdays, whether you maybe have friends or family have that birthday, or you just think that this episode is so amazing that you want to watch it on its 58th anniversary, you can also celebrate it. Yeah. Oh, perfect way to do it. Uh, get yourself some salsa, maybe some queso, et cetera, and celebrate National Tortilla Chip Day. Mm, Ooh, that's a day nice. I can get behind. I really yeah. like that idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I love uh, tortilla chips. You go to the you go to the Mexican restaurant. They just keep bringing them out. They disappear quickly. I've air fried some myself, and they are so good. Oh, mm. oh, share a recipe sometime. Mm. <laughs> you you take tortillas, <laughs> 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 dip them in oil. the chip shape. 
You know? Oh, I thought maybe you were like making your own uh, oh, air fryer. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yes, yeah, those like the air fryer. I just, I just, yeah, I just bought some tortillas and chopped <laughs> oh. them up. <laughs> but they're good. I got, I got, I see what you're saying. All right, yeah. Um, also, it is Twin Peaks Day. Oh, yeah. uh, Twin Peaks. Either way, neither. Yeah, Twin Peaks Day is celebrated on February 24th every year to commemorate the day FBI agent Dale Cooper comes to town to investigate the death of Laura Palmer. He arrives in town at 10.55 a.m. in the first episode of Northwest Passage. The event is marked by Cooper saying, Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. In your town of Twin Peaks, five miles south of the Canadian border, 12 <laughs> miles west of the state line. I've never seen so many trees in my life. As W.C. Fields would say, I'd rather be here than Philadelphia. I love. Wow. So here's my favorite part of this whole thing right now. Twin Peaks. Terry goes, I've never seen it. Keith goes, me neither. And I go, me neither. And then Keith continues to, <laughs> to talk about Twin Peaks <laughs> like we all know what's happening and why that's important. The very memorable first line. <laughs> that none Look, of us know. <laughs> I, the almanac is not just for us, gentlemen. It is for the listeners I, well, as well. I think it's for us first. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, Twin Peaks. None of us have ever seen it. All right. Well, let me tell you all about it <laughs> from, from the so, synopsis I read. I do right. want to see it. Like I like David Lynch's stuff. One day, generally. yeah, yeah, I do. I'll get around to it. Probably. Fire uh, with me. The most Twin Peaks I know is from the episode of The Simpsons, who shot Mr. Burns when Lisa has a dream and it's Twins Peak ish, supposedly. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, finally, also, and what I like to do when I'm watching uh, the monsters, or or when we're not monsters, the monsters, and I can like not have to show them the rest of the uh, things out there. I like to uh, I like sit down and uh, I like to go through trading cards. And the 24th is National Trading Card Day. Oh, Ooh. there you go, Keith. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. We have, um, I, I know, I know, you've got some Alf ones laying around. <laughs> oh, I, God yeah, <laughs> yes, I do, I do. Yep. Actually, I think those are stickers, but that's right. Uh, and and so, uh, Honus Wagner. I don't know if this ties into Honus Wagner's uh birthday at all, being the same time. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. Um, but go on, yeah. The first uh cards were made in the 1860s, mm-hmm. uh, for a sporting good company, most valuable card ever. Uh, that T260 Honus Wagner uh sold for like three million dollars. Wow. Um, 1933 baseball cards were first packaged by the Gaudi Gum Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tops Company Inc. started putting trading cards with bubble gum in 1950, manufacturing baseball cards in 51, and in 52, the first ba- baseball cards, including statistics and playing records, were made, uh, and they were known as the 1952 Tops Baseball Set. Mm. Especially important card from that set, Mickey Mantle's rookie Mickey card. Mantle yep. yep. Yeah, so 1860s, baseball cards first come out, first trading cards, 1886. They become popular in the 1900s, and I guess in 1995, a computer-based trading card thing came out. I don't remember that at all. You know, it's good for reliving the good old days, looking back at history. Maybe you want to buy, trade, stuff like that. I don't know. Just don't get too down, far down the rabbit hole with it, because uh, my dad and I have way too many cards. I don't know what the hell to do with them at this point. I'm mm. surprised it was, like, started as early as 1860. That's, that kind of surprises me that they mm-hmm. were making them back then. You know Baseball's been around teeth? forever. Mm. Have, you, have you seen those bikes with the huge tires on them? Yeah, you just get, want to get, put some there and get have your, this. Get, get yourself one of those, and then get all the extra cards that you and your dad have, <laughs> yep. and clip them on, on to the, the, the rim so the spokes go by, mm-hmm. and then it makes it sounds like a cool motorcycle. 
Oh yeah, especially if I got like one of those e-bikes as well. So then it's yeah. even cooler. Yeah. But what I'm picturing is you guys have so many cards that it's so thick that they can't be bent. So it's, <laughs> it's like an anti-theft device for the bike. Oh, Just put all yeah. those cards in I there. Mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it takes like, like hours thick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to go so anywhere, heavy. you got to plan like half the day to take out the cards. Yeah. <laughs> But nobody's doing a that. cool motorcycle. So probably weighs like an extra like twenty pounds <laughs> at least. Yeah, I just I still remember like there was a time my dad said, uh, "Why are you wasting your money on those things?" So I stopped collecting for like a year, and then my brother gave me a bunch of cards. So I looked them up and saw prices on them, and then I showed my dad the prices. The next thing you know, he's working at a store, and we have so many cards there. I did not know it had gotten that out of control. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of insane. Uh, and it was really hard to like try and organize. Well, What's not hard to do though, is figuring out that, uh, if you were born on this day, February 24th, 1966, you have a life path number of three mm-hmm. person's vision, imagination, joy of living. Uh, you possess great talent for creativity and self-expression. Mm-hmm. So it's like now, mm-hmm. now, uh, because there haven't been a lot of repeat guests on the show that also play their same character uh, i thought i would uh, actually call out the fact that chet stratton is back this week uh he has a life path number of 22 the 22th life path is called the master builder it's a very special power <laughs> it's from lego yeah uh because it has a very special power to turn nebulous dreams into concrete realities what? these people are spiritually connected <laughs> and feel both what? They could conjure dreams right. and make yep. them physical manifestations. Yeah. So now this is blowing the 11 with just, uh, you know, having. <laughs> it does blow uh, the 11. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. With with the telepathy. Yeah, uh, just, so let, yeah. let's see here. All right. Life path number 22, Master Builder, because it's a very special power to turn nebulous yeah. dreams into concrete realities. This wow. sounds like a poem that Herman writes. Uh, these people are spiritually connected and feel both a responsibility and a burden to use their cosmic gift to better oh the future God. of our world. And though it may take years to master to their huh? life purpose, what a 22 life path can achieve is exceptional. So this is like Dr. Strange with the life path numbers. Or like a Jedi, you know, something like that, maybe. Uh, one of the things that set a life path 22 apart from others is extreme dedication. They're afraid of putting in hard work. But this isn't about climbing the corporate ladder. They feel an allegiance to others, working hard to be of service to others and improving humankind in some way. This can lead to a fear of failure, but they can turn this around and use it as motivation to keep pushing forward. Wow. I wish I could conjure physical manifestations of dreams. That'd be pretty cool. I do believe this is the first 22 that we've actually uh, had. Yes, it is. But it, it can't be that rare, right? So what this makes me think is that the umbrella Academy is a true life story because <laughs> on any given day, there's 385,000 babies born. Well, I know we've mm-hmm. done this before. We've gone down this, we've hammered this one home and beat it over the head, mm-hmm. but we have discovered two life path numbers that have supernatural abilities associated with them. Yes. What was this guy's birthday? July, oh, July 31st, uh, 1910. So in Ju- so for the entire 20th century, mm-hmm. we had at least 300,000. Let's assume of the 385,000, either 80, 85,000 either didn't manifest these powers. I'm a, I mean, they're just failures in life or they died, right? One of the yeah. two. Mm-hmm. So there's like 300,000 
super warriors that could like rule the world. What's going on? That's, That's yeah. why life path numbers are something we should all believe in and get behind yeah well i mean the the people that are 22 i mean they're held in check by the 11s i think that's what it is well i okay so we have magnetos and so that means we have three hundred thousand on i don't know how many times a 22 comes up that's something you need to find out for us keith Mm -hmm. how many how often do these is Mm -hmm. is there one more powerful than the 22s you think i feel like yeah like you know like in terms of like x-men like 22 is like omega level mutant like it can conjure up reality it can warp like it's like scarlet yeah. witch or you know like you can just make whatever it wants into existence the other one's just like psychic or uh yeah okay so there is uh one two three four five six seven eight nine eleven twenty two and thirty three so oh, what is thirty three okay we mm. just gotta do it just tell us what thirty three is thirty three are very rare yeah oh, oh this shit. is the most powerful of them all yes yes uh, anyone born with this life path number are known as master teachers, oh. healers, and great spiritual leaders devoted to showing others how to connect to their own heart and consciousness. The Jesus? <laughs> the Dalai Lama. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Dalai, Dalai Lama had some iffy stuff. Going I saw on. some weird stuff recent. about him recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's not a true 33. He's probably like a two or something like that. Yeah, just a simple two. Yeah. Two creep. Well, I... <laughs> Uh, I would love it. One life path number is just so, so negative. Like, oh, God, this is the worst type suck. of person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is like which which of the Dalai Lamas? There's the most recent, the newest one. The the current one is the fourteenth. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I, I, yeah. I do not know no, about the no. Dalai Lamas. Yeah, hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh. This just in Dalai Lama's life path number twenty two. Wait, what? Really? Yep. Wow. So the Dalai Lama is a twenty two, mm-hmm. not the thirty three. But a 22. But I will still say this, though, unless the 22 takes some nefarious turn at the end. I guess everyone has their own path. They have a life path number, but they take their own. Path. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the fifth in the fifth little paragraph about it, someone with a life path of 22 will take a nefarious turn late in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always turn mm-hmm. evil at the end. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Something, you know, life path number is not destiny. It, you, can, you can fight it. You know, you don't have to become an all-powerful god or a nefarious being. You can just uh, be a normal person, listener. So if you're listening, please don't conjure up some sort of horrible dream demon and come kill us. <laughs> no, yeah, please, 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 please don't do that at all. Or yeah, don't. Please. <laughs> or please just do it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I want to see I, it. I, I yeah. mean, wait, wait until we're at the end of the series some... no, this episode <laughs> no no let, let us get through all these episodes first <laughs> oh yeah. We'll, yeah please let us do that oh god yeah, yeah. I, I i wouldn't be able to live with myself i couldn't make it to the end of the monsters <laughs> yeah i mean i don't care about this I, we don't have to worry about the two uh you know the two little made for tv movies they do that that's fine <laughs> you want to kill us between the two of those with your they your, are dream, your, your dream demon made real that's fine put this thing down let me uh i'm just gonna throw these gloves to the spittoon over there oh perfect uh uh, maybe they'll soak up some of the stuff that's in there and then i will hop into the chair and wait for the uh command recline back demon you can come kill me now if you want (laughs) i know okay listener do you know which two of us are tired I'd surprise you. And we've reached the bottom. So oh. what I did, guys, is, you know, our, our lift originally had 14 cables that slowly lowered us down. 
I eliminated mm-hmm. seven of them. So, <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's you. I mean, you probably took the proper precautions and made sure it could bear all our weight. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I, I'm sure there's a reason there were 14 cables originally. I just don't remember what it was. And I'm like, well, seven <laughs> doesn't trick. That's like half of 14. Yeah. So we're here. We're at the bottom. Damien writes, wow. are still TBD for us here in much faster journey. Um, uh, what we need to do is we need to s- scurry <laughs> like mm. like little New York sewer rats uh, oh. coming out of the drain <laughs> over to the ship, uh, the vessel that Captain Terry is going to use to navigate us out an additional 2.75 miles because then we will reach three miles, which is international waters. <laughs> and from there, we will dive deep to the gates of hell. And there, there, we will have another edition of Scuba X. <laughs> So this episode was directed by Joseph Pevney. What? I mean, we have <laughs> what? What? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I know it's a name we haven't heard in a really long time. Um, oh, but he was yes. in season one. He directed quite a few episodes. Um, but we haven't seen him. Haven't seen him since last yeah. uh, season. Uh, so Ezra must have called in sick. Must yeah, have they, they yeah. had to call in the the backup. Uh, the last episode we did cover was episode uh, thirty one of season one. Uh, Love comes to Mockingbird Heights, which is the infamous episode where Uncle Gilbert shows up at the end and talks. Oh no! Forever, and he ruins the whole thing. What was the premise of that episode? I don't remember. Uh, they get a oh, box of gold or something. That's right. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the bank guy wants to like somehow steal it from them. Oh and my goodness! So he's goodness. flirting with Marilyn to get it. Yeah, he fakes yeah. being in love with Marilyn to get to the box of gold mm-hmm. full Makes of Spanish sense. doubloons. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it turns out Gilbert just showed up to take him back or something. I don't. Yep. Know. Yeah. Who knows? Oh. My uh, yeah. Gilbert ruined that episode for me. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> just Gilbert. <laughs> well, maybe there's other factors. I guess. <laughs> no, I think about it a little more. You know, he was also a well-known noir director in the fifties. Uh, eventually, uh-huh. though, he did transition. Trans- <laughs> wow, transition to TV. He's tied for having the most directed Star Trek episodes with fourteen total. Um, wow. For the original series, that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've covered a bunch of stuff, but I kind of forgotten about him until he popped up for this episode. I was like, Joseph Pevney? Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, when you get so many uh, Ezra Stones in a row, yeah. it's I, it's very hard to remember anytime you got anybody else. Yeah. True. True. You know, perhaps the highlight of his career in my eyes is when he co-directed the uh, TV movie Confessions of a Top Crime Buster with uh, probably debatably the greatest of all Monsters directors, Earl Nostrain Bellamy. Mm. I mean, what are the odds those two would team up? Two great Monster directors together to direct a great film, I'm sure. It, um, it's like... Uh, I'm sure. The Voltron of <laughs> Monsters directors. Pevney's got to be an arm, right? And mm-hmm. Bellamy's oh, yeah. an arm, mm-hmm. and Ezra Stone is the 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 black lion, the head. Yep. Yeah, who are the legs? Yep. I don't Ooh. know. You could probably give it to um, Bob Mosher and mm. Joe Connolly. Like yeah, just probably. So the producers, uh, they Michi got the legs. And Cooper, they're the legs, and Ezra Stone is the body and the head. And then so Bellamy and what's this guy's name again? Pevney. They're the Pevney. arms, and they can make the sword. Mm-hmm. So th- it makes only makes sense that they would make that movie together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's only with like less than half of their power. Just imagine what if they all got together. What they could oh accomplish. my gosh! Could you imagine all five of them 
well, do we have do we have time to go through the vehicle Voltron version of the monster? <laughs> oh my god, that keeps showing up on like my Facebook feed is like a Walmart ad or something like that. It just oh. it's they're selling that now. Again, like, is this a real thing? Like, yeah, like the yeah. You don't like know about the, the vehicle Voltron? No. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, it's like a it's like twenty ships that combine yeah, the like Voltron. A bunch think, of little yeah. cars and tanks and planes. They all like ball together to make a vulnerable Voltron. This is new. This is a new thing. No, no, this, this no. Like, this is right around the same time as the other one. Original Voltron and the li- people were like, it's too weird, so they made lions instead. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I'd love to see like a mm-hmm. yeah. All the monsters characters combined too into a robot or something. Maybe oh, we'll that get would that. Be amazing. We still have ten episodes. I'll, maybe I'll save that to the end of our. You know what we always. Do. Oh, how, okay. So how does that work then? Are we assuming Herman is the uh, Herman's like the Black Lion, so he's the main part. Herman kind of is a Voltron of himself, isn't he? He yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, and then we get the original Voltron. I I mean Eddie's got to be an arm because if not, you're gonna have one really short leg on one side. Well, I don't know if you ever noticed, but the Voltrons they're like the same size all of them and they're piloted by different sized people yeah but i'm saying like if we had the monsters all combining into in like a voltron type thing so you'd probably have like like i guess like marilyn and lily has the legs <laughs> eddie and grandpa <laughs> has the arms oh, and Herman so you're saying the... instead of robot lions there's robot monsters yes, by, yes who? by normal people by no by like their nor by their normal selves well then why would they have robot versions of themselves? Wouldn't they pilot lo- lions? They well, they could all they they all pilot spots. <laughs> they're spots. Oh, very spots. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh no one 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 itself. one one pilot spot. Uh, one pilots uh kitty. kitty. Yeah. One uh, one pilots the raven. Well, there's only three. Uh, there's that squirrel I talked about that was really <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. There's that oh, bat in the cage. Terrible. All right, we got enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Semantics. Anyway, well, moving continue, on. Continue. Continue on. <laughs> Terry, Terry tried to usher us away from this ridiculousness. <laughs> well, we'll touch on this later, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> well, I can only hope. Uh, this episode, the first written... time listener, is here right now, going, "What the Sorry. fuck have I gotten into?" If they made it this far, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe that vengeful listener with the dream demons are still listening. <laughs> Please, this is well, what puts. This is this is the one the that pushes. This is the one that pushes them over <laughs> yeah. the edge. It's like well, I've been resisting all these years just to not kill these t- these three people, mm. and then yeah, he said like... two originally who would be killed. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he only likes one of us. I don't know which one it is. Hey, wait, I not. wait. I haven't taunted. I haven't taunted anyone. What are we doing? <laughs> Terry's like, I don't know who would be. Just mm. one, one just... person is universally loved out of this group, and I don't let's know just say is. I've had some correspondence, you know, some <laughs> cha- exchanging of money. I think I'll be pretty much okay. Oh, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways this rep- episode was written by douglas tibbles a classic monsters writer um classic as a, as from a the band the stone coyotes everybody go ahead and play church of falling rain <laughs> in his st- honor st- we'll we'll wait the, for the three or four minutes basin what would we say it was <laughs> uh, uh smashing remember. pumpkins or something i don't remember oh death camp for cutie He's dead. They can't forget. It's Arctic monkeys. Always. Arctic monkeys is what you always, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But in fact, it is the Stone Coyotes. They're, uh, you know, they've got that one song I listen to a lot. Uh, he was a drummer for them. <laughs> that one song I listen to a lot. 
usually only when I research episodes he wrote. Not really in my spare time, uh, but he uh, was a drummer for that band. He was a TV writer, photographer, an artist. He did a little bit of everything. So we probably don't really need to touch much more on his stuff. We've talked about him a lot. And honestly, I think we still have like four or five episodes to go with him. So really? Yeah, man. So we'll just leave it there for now. I think we do have a couple of guest stars. We've got Joan Staley as Claire Mason. Mm -hmm. We've got Chet Stratton as Clyde Thornton. Mm -hmm. Um, Clyde. So Joan Staley has 67 acting credits on IMDb from 1948 to 1982. Uh, she grew up in Minneapolis, but uh, she uh, she moved pretty young to Los Angeles. She was apparently a very skilled violinist at the young age. She mm. started taking lessons at three years old, um, and she joined a baby orchestra, which I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> baby I guess just... orchestra. Do, oh, do, God. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just play that song. <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't know how you would teach a bunch of babies how to like or understand sharks. the concept Ooh. or sharks. God, yeah, <laughs> it probably might be easier to teach a bunch of sharks to play violin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she joined a junior symphony when she was six, so that must be a higher level baby than baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she, she did eventually transition to acting when she was in college. She got a lot of small TV parts and mostly small movie roles, uh, though. I guess, according to IMDb, she had a horse riding accident that put her career on hiatus for a while. So that's oh, too bad. No. Yeah. You will be pleased to hear that she was in a very cool movie that we've talked about before. Um, Johnny Cool. Jo- oh, boy. It, oh, is she the one that doesn't know if Johnny Cool will kiss her or kill her? No, no. Uh, I think she has a very small role in Johnny Cool. <laughs> I wish so, it was her. She yeah. could have done a great job with that. Uh, she does have a big role, though, in a movie called Valley of the Dragons, which is about two men from 1881. They're in the middle of a duel, I guess, and they get mysteriously transported to the moon by a passing comet. What? Oh, it's like a the this, hell. This is like a sub. This is like a <laughs> Mortal Kombat six or something like that. I think happened. They get sent to another realm. <laughs> they must fight. Comet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they discover that on the moon is a strange land of prehistoric creatures, giant lizards, woolly mammoths. There's on the gorilla- moon? Yeah, I know. Oh. That's crazy. Gorilla people are there. Cavemen are there. They say there's like demons living in the caves. I mean, seems crazy. Yeah, on the moon of all places. Mm-hmm. For I mean, back then they probably that's what they thought. You know, that anything could be up there. Eighteen eighty one or. In the 60s when they made this movie. Yeah, the 60s, right before we went up there. Um, Pre-telescope years. Yep, yeah, there's no way to tell if there's dinosaurs. I mean, I think I think it's not with the uh the India uh rover that's up there. I mean, they've been sending pictures of that stuff back already. So of the dinosaurs in the ape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 like skeletons at this point, but yeah. I mean, where do you think all the ape men and the cavemen went after uh you know? When we got here, they weren't here, right? So they must have just took the rocket ship to the moon and set up shop. Oh, it sounds like a terrible Doctor Who episode. <laughs> you remember that one mm-hmm. where the moon is an egg? Ugh. Oh, I love that idea. Dude, it looks like an egg. Oh, man. Do you remember? Did you see that episode? No. Like, yeah. so at the end, the moon hatches and the creature comes out and lays another moon <laughs> right in right the away? same spot. Yes. It was not I don't like that it hatches. Episode. I think they should have like found a way to make it stop hatching. Yeah, because isn't he like they're arguing whether or not they need to kill it or let it live and do its thing? And yeah, it, it's Ooh. supposed to be an allegory for abortion. Oh, interesting. Mm. That did not cross my mind. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what better way to tell that than with the moon? That's what I, I know. Think. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and the moon being an egg. 
<laughs> so, I mean, they're both kind of egg colored, you know, depending on the egg. But sure, it's uh, kind of like a robin's egg. They're like splitting. I mean, yeah, it definitely, right? it de- definitely, they're not blue. That's for sure. Stupid blue moons <laughs> don't exist. Blue moon. She was also in a movie uh, with Elvis, <laughs> which is pretty cool. She's uncredited though. Uh, which movie? This movie is called Kissing Cousins. Kissing Cousins with Elvis. Oh, is she uncredited as a cousin? Uh, she might be one of the cousins. I'm not sure. Um, so Elvis, he plays an army officer who returns to his home in the Smoky Mountains to convince the locals. <laughs> <to> let... <laughs> yeah, where's this going? <laughs> let the army build a base there. Um, he then runs into a man that looks just like him, but blonde. And... It's his cousin. It's also he starts, Elvis. And he, start, and he starts kissing. Then they immediately start making out. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Elvis has two roles in this: as him as the army guy and as this like uh, mountain man, I guess. Uh, and apparently, the mountain is also filled with a bunch of love crazy women. They like keep seducing all the army personnel and such. Elvis, uh, as the army guy, seems very frustrated by this, but he's also being seduced. I don't know what the cousin Elvis is playing, like what his role is in all this. He just seems kind of cranky that there's this other Elvis. Um, but uh, Elvis sings a bunch of songs uh, and he does it as both of his characters, which sounds pretty awesome. That's basically the gist of it. So, yeah, I don't think that Elvis and his cousin actually kiss those. So I don't know what they say that the term kissing, like we could be kissing cousins, like in the trailer. And then they'd like go into a song about kissing cousins and something. I don't There's know what that means exactly. Like, is that literally like we could be like, <laughs> they're, like they're arguing with each other about about like how the one guy's like honing on his care on his territory, and it's like, dude, we could just be kissing cousins. He's like, how Let's come you go. got my face? That's what the like the mountain man Elvis says, and that guy's like, I don't know, we could be kissing cousins. <laughs> I love the idea of Elvis playing two roles. Yes. Um, and he's on screen interacting with himself, and they don't kiss. They should totally kiss. Oh, they need to. They kiss. didn't have the, the technology to pull that off. Only uh, modern Disney can do that. I think the the Earth would explode. Like if people saw that back then, like Elvis kissing Elvis, Elvis kissing himself. Holy shit! Oh, the world could not was not ready for that. Do you think yeah. people are getting upset because uh, th- there's a video game that allows you to as- uh, associate pronouns with your character creator in this like ten thousand hour? sci-fi rpg could you i mean they're angry about that now could you imagine elvis kissing himself oh my god in a in a movie holy shit wow yeah we talked about a movie he did once before where he punched a jaguar nobody cares about that shit but kissing himself oh boy well i mean there's so much going on there right it's like Mm -hmm. elvis kissing uh a man and it's himself and then two oh boy there's just too much going on in that Mm-hmm. The world like, was not ready for that. Now we have the technology. We need to do it now. <laughs> we'll remake this movie and, like, yeah, we'll AI generate Elvis. We need to AI it. generate Elvis, right? We need to do just like Disney did with Luke Skywalker. Yes. Um, in mm. not The Mandalorian, but in Boba Fett, and then like the three episode arc in there that was like Mandalorian season two and mm-hmm, a half, mm-hmm. right? When they could have, why did they do <sighs> That's another podcast, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'll be fine. We'll just get the rights for Elvis's likeness and then we'll, or we don't have to. I mean, from what I understand, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Elvis 2, we already had Elvis 1 came out 
like a couple years ago, right? We'll just remember Elvis too. We'll have two Elvises. Elvis is. It could be called Elvis is instead of Elvi. Elvis. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'd watch that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I suppose we should talk about Chet Stratton, who has 150 acting credits on IMDb from 1937 to 1972. We have seen this man three other times in the Munsters. As Clyde every time? No, just oh. once as Clyde. So. Okay. He finally caught on as Clyde, but first he was uh, in Herman's Rival as Mr. Haggerty, um, where Lily gets a job because they think oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Herman yeah, went yeah. bankrupt or something. Uh huh. Because don't they both try to withdraw money at the same time? Or... Oh, the bank yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Lily's Star Border as one of the criminals who was working across the street for that mob boss or whatever. Oh, was. yeah, that's right. He was very just. Uh... Very distinguished in that role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah. Counterfeit kind of... furs. Is that what it was? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, he was in Herman's Peace Offensive where he played Clyde, where her- mm-hmm. he gets bullied by Herman in that. Episode. Or no, Herman. Well, it kind of goes back and forth. He kind of bullies Herman, and then Herman strikes back and threatens to kill him and such. Yeah. Oh, so wait. No, hold on. I thought he was like the meek friend, and then like the other nope. guy was the one that tried to murder Herman. No, no, he's the guy who's trying to do all the he's pranks. He's the guy off. who's pranking. He's the Herman. guy that tried to murder Herman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently now, like they settled up, they're all buddy buddy now. Mm-hmm. No way. I th- who was the other one then? Just some guy. I he's just know. like I don't know. He's an obvious. The guy who was guy. like uh, Clyde's so annoying. Yeah. He's like I don't know Clyde. You probably shouldn't mess with Herman, the horrendous monster who's like five oh, feet shit. taller than you can rip a car with his bare hands apart. I did not. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even going to talk about this guy, but then I saw that he had uh, three other episodes and that also was a rare reoccurring role. And I was like, okay, well, probably ought to mention that. So there I did. I did it. Um, I'm glad. Maybe someday did. that'll put him in the Munsters Hall of Fame, you know, or the, the 22 vehicle Munsters Voltron. Voltron. <laughs> yeah. We can add him. Maybe he can be like the like left eyeball or something. Yeah. I mean, you should definitely get into the Monster Hunter Hall of Fame, I think, right? Oh, yeah. He's an honorary hunter. He's a Monster Hunter? No, I mean, like, well, like, uh, like for our show here, I mean, he's a repeat guy. He's been on a bunch of times. Been oh, a the greatest that, game of all yeah. is a uh, mm-hmm. reoccurring character. And Chet Stratton has just reached that for us. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we we'll down. just rate it like the Ring of Honor that they do at, like, you know, football stadiums, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought he was getting into our Hall of Fame before us. And I was like, no, 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 no. We'll, uh, <laughs> no, like, we, we get, we get, like, banners raised to the rafters of the, you know, the, the thing, the Skuma X Dome still has been naming rights still out there that we get rat- we'll, yeah we'll be there but but like you know he gets put into like you know like the little ring of honor thing around the side oh, okay sure i mean he did retire, try to we'll kill retire herman. we'll retire maybe. his number stuff like that maybe he was trying to hunt herman and that you know that's like true just... i forgot about that he's gonna electrocute herman into mm-hmm. dust at one point Anyways, that's all I've got. Uh, you know, we should probably head up and start uh, discussing the Hall of Fame entries. You know, it's a annual thing we do here starting this year. Oh, God. So. No, you know what? I take that back. We've had so much trouble with Hall of Fame talk. Um, uh, my first pick is the uh, the rock from the episode where they're trying to find the treasure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take a stick from... Uh, <laughs> I think that dust spec from the uh, the banger. Uh. <laughs> These are our first picks to go in the Hall of Fame, but you know we can discuss that on the way up. I'll make sure to you know make it at a like mid to a uh, hurried pace up, just so we can you know get to the location and start making murals and whatever we want to do to honor these 
amazing no, people. Terry, did you say mid to hurried pace? I did. I did. Well, I decided this week that I'm going to go at a slow and casual pace. Oh, however, I left a long time ago, so I'm already (laughs) up there (laughs) because gents, we've been talking, we've been, we've been skirting around it. We've been dancing around the issue of the Munster Hunters Hall of Fame, and I wanted to induct uh, in the inaugural class prime rib. And I have a bronze bust of prime rib up here for oh. us all to enjoy. Um, it, it looks nothing like prime rib. Uh, no. That's the thing about Hall of Fame busts. They never look like the thing no. that's being inducted. This mm. prime rib looks weirdly like a turkey sandwich, but it is a prime rib. I assure you. Yeah. Um, We're supposed the, to eat it or the artist. Well, we can all take turns licking it. I guess. We lick it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You, know, you can see the spots where it starts to rust where we've licked it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, you know, the um, the Statue of Liberty is made out of copper and should be penny colored, but because it's been on the elements for so long, it's turned green, much like this prime rib bust I have here. Um, should be green, except for where we licked it, and now it's copper color. I don't know. I'm all confused, uh, but that's what we got today. Nice. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. You Perfectly know, cooked prime rib statue. Oh, nice! Yeah, you can tell it's just perfectly well done in that picture and that the, the best. Not well done, but oh, well, I see, like, well cooked, cooked, well, yeah, well done, but not well done. Thank you. Yes, well done. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves to be in the top, you know, three spots to be first induct. You know? Yeah, sure. It, I mean, it's a. It makes us. <laughs> it makes the second ballot at worst. I mean, who are the other two, Terry? Well, you <laughs> obviously, and then. Well, obviously me, yeah. Uh-huh. I, paid, I, paid, I paid the, the crew third to... is the, the ghosts that we had to push. Yeah, I think one. the ghosts are I mean, it. Yeah, the dream, the dream demon is going to get in there because I, I'm going to negotiate with it. Stay away from me by getting oh, into the. Boy, I welcome our new overlord and <laughs> master, the dream demon. This, this like, yeah, like a guillotine hanging over our head is just this dream demon that could come and just murderize oh, us yeah. at any second. The sword of Damocles. Forever dangling above us. Um, yeah. So that's us. That's our life. We're really to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in a good spot. Uh, any listeners have any suggestions for the Munster Hunters Hall of Fame? Let us know. You know. Oh yeah, I'm sure the listeners. Tivis probably made the Hall Tivis? of Fame before we would. Yeah, Tivis can get in there. I'm fine with that. Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can take my yeah. spot. Yeah, that's fine. I like it. Ballot, we're, we're, we're not. E- we're not even first ballot Hall of Fame. Tivis <laughs> prime rib. The ghost we had to push in season one, and then I guess mm-hmm. this dream uh, monster, dream demon, manifested yeah. into reality by a thirty-three sent to kill us. Awesome. <sighs> well, it's not here yet, so we better talk about season two, episode twenty-three. Word de monster, Serrano, Cyrano, um, Sas. Frass, it, this is the only time it's mentioned, so let's determine what it is. I'm I'm going with Serrano. Spicy Serrano beer. sounds nice. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Keith mentioned this song. Bitch came out February 24th, 1966, and when I sat crisscross applesauce, transported myself from another planet to our kitchen table, then from our kitchen table to backwards in time via tantric meditation. I read this. Herman pins himself into trouble when he ghost writes love letters for a shy coworker. 
This yes. is not a highly rated episode. It gets a no. 7.2 on IMDb. Very low for Munsters. Mm. Very low. It is. It is in the lower level Munsters episode. Very unfair. Wow. Uh-oh. Keith's mm. already firing strays at the IMDb rating. This one starts out, Lily is painting a portrait for Grandpa to send back to the home country. Grandpa isn't thrilled with the pose because he's hanging upside down over the couch. They've Lily's, seen him like this all the time. We do. He's like, why do I have to hang upside down? Well, because that's what you do, you dumb fuck. Lily says, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and then you get a glimpse of the painting and woof. I wouldn't oh send it to anyone. <laughs> oh, my God. I believe this. It was like a cartoon drawing of him. It, it was a <sighs> child's drawing of a cartoon drawing of Grandpa. <laughs> wow, is it bad. Okay, so like we've seen... Uh, we saw like Herman draw like based on like the description and drew himself mm-hmm. that one time. And it's actually cause like Fred Gwynn actually drew it. Cause he's actually, he was actually good at that. A cartoonist. Yeah. Yeah. So why not have him draw up the picture like something good and then have it be like Lily make, you know, cause I would only gonna see what is there. I mean, it's not like she was actually drawing as she went along just to make it look good. I mean, it's the, I could not. I was really struggling not to laugh when they showed it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's the worst <laughs> you, thing I've ever seen." You weren't there with them; you could have laughed. <laughs> I didn't want to offend Lily. I feel. I feel like I'm there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, um, but no. you know, it was funny. It was funny. Maybe they were going. You know how like he. Like I'm not an artist. I don't know how this works exactly, but so, you know they start out. They just draw like a plain circle, and then they start <laughs> filling in things, and then suddenly it looks like this is an amazing detailed drawing. Like maybe yeah. she's not quite done yet. Maybe she, that was the outline of Grandpa, and then she's gonna fill it in with all the details. I was assuming they got the artist that did the uh, artist depiction of Herman when he was mm-hmm. the Russian spy that was in the newspaper. Yes, <laughs> yes. It is very comparable to that. Yeah, it it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Like I would have been embarrassed to have it shown on TV if it was mine. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody lost the prop contest that weekend. Yes, no, they I lost it the lost week before. Job, probably. No, they lost the week before, and that was the, oh, the, the punishment. punishment. That was yeah. Even though it's awful, it inspires Herman and his creativity, and it's helping him compose and. Uh, Herman is sitting there. He's got a feather quill and a notepad. Don't know what he's composing, but he's composing something. Grandpa wonders uh, what he could possibly compose. He has trouble making his own bed. I mean, two totally different skills, but whatever. Mr. Gateman has asked Herman to write some poetry for the company magazine. <laughs> it, poetry. Okay. Yeah. I immediately, as soon as this was said, I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> I have to like, oh, I got to conjure up some crazy outlandish outside thing to motivate the monsters mm-hmm. to do something fun. I would have almost rather him be like trying to try out for like an actual poetry contest. Yes, or, or he just is inspired. Something is mm-hmm. whatever. Lily says to write a silly poetry in silence because he's interrupting her creative flow. Herman mumbles an insult and she's like, what would you say? He's like, nothing. You got something to say? Like, Maybe say? I do. Then she's like feeling froggy. Then jump, motherfucker. And he goes, okay, your shit sucks. And after looking at it, it's crummy too. <laughs> crummy, crummy, crummy. Yeah. And he's Andrew's, right. He's right. Well, yeah, he's not off base with this. Her shit mm. does suck. And it's crummy. And he's stomping. And as he's stomping, he 
jostles the house, I guess. And grab the earth, loses. it seems like. Everything shakes. Yes. It's crazy. We're back to Herman warping reality because Grandpa only fell like a few feet. However, mm-hmm. he fell from his position hanging from the ceiling and impaled himself through <laughs> the couch. And and made the couch feathers go everywhere. everywhere. If gravity like is an insane a, amount. An insane amount. It is. If gravity is an acceleration of 9.8 meters per second squared, Grandpa only fell. Shoot. Not even a meter. That means he had like rocket boots on because he blasted through the couch and just his ankles are sticking up. Uh, yeah, with his it's feet. quite the image. Yeah. Yes. Legs sticking out of the couch like that. I've never seen anything quite like it. No, me neither. Imagine if it went upside down, he could just walk around with that couch. As, like, <laughs> but he, it's around his ankles, so he can't like take full steps. He's just like scuffling. He's like kind of shut, scuffle. Yeah. Yep. Well, from there, we get the banger. We don't get the imagery of Grandpa trying to walk around, unfortunately, but we get the banger. We come back from the banger. We're fading into, I wrote GG and G, Goodman, Grave berries grave. i can't remember what they're called grape, grape nuts <laughs> oops gates, it's all goodman grave and berries, berries, I think. gates goodman, goodman and grape gates nuts. and grape is it gateman goodman and graves <laughs> yes that sounds right i like grave berries <laughs> grape berries that sounds like a delicious cereal yeah yeah oh, it's probably just comes out near halloween along with frankenberry and count chocolate mm-hmm. they also get grave berries you no know, yeah. i saw a box at walmart that was all of those mixed into one. It was called. It was what? called like a monster party or something like that. I'm not even kidding. The monster mash. Yeah, had, not the monster mash. I'm sure that's TM'd, but it was like no. something, and it was like Frankenberries, blueberries, and Count Chocolate all in one box. Interesting. Mm. I wonder if that's any good. I bet it is. I don't know. It's like the fruit and the chocolate doesn't seem like it would go well together, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, they they added the first new um the mummy flavor this year as well. They what I is think it? they uh I think they have like a female. I don't. I don't. Is she hot? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I need to know that. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I'm looking up right now. Uh, what kind of cereal. monster could it be? I bet it's like an alien. Uh, it is. Um, don't, don't say, don't say we're going to take bets. Um, mm. Carrie says alien. I say uh, female werewolf. Oh, werewolf's a great guess. Yep. Yep. Maybe Invisible Woman would be good. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It is called Monster Mash. Oh, yes, I, ca- oh, I yeah. just googled Monster Cereal, and that's what came up. Yeah, the Monster Mash family. Uh, cereal. Okay. Yeah, that's got breakfast cereal, and that's got. Oh, she's a zombie. Oh, that makes perfect yeah. sense. No wait, Car- Carmella Creeper. I don't know. What she, is she? We already have Frankenberry. Car- right? Carmella Creeper. It's a caramel Creeper. apple ce- cereal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. She's a DJ too. Yes, yeah, she's a DJ also. And she, and, and she is hot. Holy she is. <laughs> and there is already a Dude, werewolf. No, she's, like, she's just I did not know this. I knew oh, yeah. there was a yummy mummy. I didn't know there's a werewolf. But what's the werewolf? Yes. Uh Fruit Brute is the name of the Fruit Brute. Yeah. No. Yep. That's not real. <laughs> is. And he's hot too. Oh, he oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, try them all if you dare. Like, why is it? They're all delicious. I imagine they're delicious. Yeah. Hers is green, though. Yeah. Green cereal does not Broccoli flavored. No. Broccoli flavored cereal. I oh, have the, uh, I have a game that's based on, on these? those characters. Yeah. A game? Okay. Like a yeah. video game or a tabletop thing? No, like table game. tabletop game. 
I, I it's, just typed, it's very fun. I just typed in Cam- Camilla Creeper or whatever her name is, Carmella Creeper, and yep. I was like, I just went to images and I'm scrolling. And I there's some yeah, I should stop scrolling. And you just can't control yeah. yourself, can you? There's some so images hot. that I didn't. Yeah, they're starting to get into a little bit of the spicy territory. So oh, the spicy, <laughs> spicy caramel apple cereal, <laughs> cinnamon. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, cinnamon is a spice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And everything nice. I can apply a twenty percent coupon and get it delivered in the next forty-eight hours. Oh, and the next delivery episode tomorrow. Could, Shit. Next episode, you could reveal. We could taste test mm. on air. Oh, I'm, be like I'm just gonna. I'll just. I just run up to Walmart when we're done here. All right. You know what? I'm not doing it. Oh. Let's move on. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll make the video later. The tasting video. Jesus. Banger. Return from banger to GG and G. Um, where there's monster cereal or whatever, I don't know. But the first thing I noticed is it's the locker room where Herman was almost murdered. That's what I wrote down. Yes, and that's we got our opening clip with the attempted murderer mm-hmm. who's now he's in there up. with the murderer himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so strange. Um, I really thought that he was like the little the little guy. He's so sweet. Um, nope, nope. Why the killer? Stone Cold yeah. Killer. Anyway, he loves Herman's poetry. And Herman loved it too. I love how Herman is like mouthing along as he reads. Yes, it. yeah, that, that was, was great. He acts like it's like not, but, you know, he's like, eh, yeah, it's my poem, you know. And then he like when he starts reading, he's like, acts like it's like straight from the heart, you know. Like, yeah, he can't resist. He like stares off in the distance and <laughs> yeah. <mouths> it. <laughs> but the funny. the thing is, it's they keep passing off as a poem. Is it an advertisement? It's just a commercial. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it could be like lyrics to a jingle. I think. Mm-hmm. But, well, I was like, did he just read like the last two lines of the thing? Like, was it longer or something? Or did he just write like this, you know, like a tagline thing for this, for the shop? I don't know. And Clyde loves this tagline. Yeah. Oh, God. He thinks it's so amazing. But C- Clyde, he's got a problem. Cocaine. And I have a problem with cocaine. Yeah. And I met a beautiful girl on a bus. And I'm like, that's not a problem. And he's in love. I'm like, well, that's kind of a problem, but it's, you, you can overcome that. And then. <laughs> Herman's like, I don't see the problem. Uh, yeah. The hipsters would say that's a groove. <laughs> Clyde says, well, here's the problem. If you let me just finish, God damn it. I'm too shy. I can't even ask her for a date. I'm like, yeah. Herman's like, well, what can I do? Clyde's like, I need you to write love letters to this girl. And then Herman, I'm married. I'm not going to write love letters to a, a woman. I'm married. Uh, no. But, Clyde's like, but, hmm, but, but what if they... What's she look like? What if they get yeah. along? What if? Hmm. How would I even know if we're compatible? Teehee. and he starts thinking about it. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. I, which can continues to throw me <laughs> off. Like, you know, we started this season with like five straight episodes of Herman being a philanderer with no no reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. But as the season has gone on, <laughs> there's be there's these episodes where Herman's very much like, I'm kind of down for whatever. Yeah, Herman <laughs> was willing to cheat. On his wife, with his wife at one point. Yeah, when they all yeah, worked at yeah. the welding factory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's he's like, ah, no, no, I'm married, dude. But well, but okay, if? tell me, oh. tell me a little bit more about her. I maybe, maybe her and I hit it off. Mm. <laughs> Clyde's like, no, you write the poems, I rewrite the poems in my mm-hmm. own handwriting, and then I sign them, and then I mail them to her. Herman's like. Ah. Write about girls, mostly sunsets and rainbows and waterfalls and shit. Clyde's <laughs> like, well, that's kind of shit I need. Lollipops. Need something mm. about love. And Herman starts listing basic words that rhyme with love. Yeah. Oh, there's dove and above and glove. 
and bruv. Bruv. You got a deal, Clyde. Herman's going to go home and write something tonight, and Clyde can have it first thing in the morning. Fade two. Herman scribbling something on a piece of paper. There, that does it. One romantic love letter finished. And at that moment, I realized that he's in the dungeon. And you pan over to Grandpa. If you're going to write romantic love letters, why do you have to do it in my dungeon? I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> he's hiding from Lily because Lily makes him feel bad about mm-hmm. his poetry. Okay, fine. Why do you have to use my tub? And then you pan out, and Herman's sitting in <laughs> a giant tub <laughs> with some bubbles. Ridiculous. He's taking a bath, <laughs> but he's in his clothes. Uh-huh. And you can tub. tell he's not actually in the tub. Can like, you? I didn't notice that. The way that the way that he's sitting, it makes it look like the tub is there, but like it must be like hollowed out in some area for him to like still sit behind it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look he's like he's actually in the tub because anytime he moves around, nothing splashes. Well, maybe there's no mm-hmm. water and there's just filled with bubbles. <clears throat> no, uh, true. Okay, that probably could be as well. Yeah. It's like it, you know, it's like the old. Three Stooges pies. They weren't like actual fruit pies. They were just whipped cream in a tin. Yeah. Movie TV magic. magic. Oh, yeah. TV magic. <laughs> but so grab like, well, why you got to be in my tub? And he's like, well, I read that uh, David Thoreau wrote some of his best writing in a tree and Kipling on horseback. And I court the muse in a hot tub. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that line. That was a good one. Herman blows some bubbles around. Herman reads one of his poems. Grandpa says that he's going to be violently ill. Grandpa's like a teenage boy, like pre-puberty teenage boy, like preteen. It's like, oh, icky. Herman <laughs> says that these will kill. These will kill her. She'll love them. Grandpa warns up Lily sees. She'll get the wrong idea. And I wrote sigh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Pishtosh, she says. Hand me the soap. Okay, fine. You're going to take a bath? Why are the clothes on? Well, because I consider you the type of a rude person that wouldn't turn his back. <laughs> and then Herman starts spreading soap on his coat. I I kind of believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I thought the line was funny. It comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what? Grandpa mm-hmm. wouldn't turn. Grandpa wants to see the whole Herman. Yep. Yeah. Yes. He put them he, he helped put them together. He's seen the whole Herman. He knows. Yeah, he knows in action, there. though. That's yeah. why he transformed into an attractive young lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's really seen the whole Herman. Herman's packing heat. He knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Fade. mean, they did change in the train car, I assume, mm-hmm. at some point. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And I'm sure he saw like a silhouette of Herman like standing off to the side and like the light coming through and Herman just wearing Stata. that nightgown thing. Mm-hmm. Very like form fitting. Yeah. Yes. Gross. Fade two. Lily mm-hmm. untidying up. Eddie is Ugh. hanging upside down by his knees from some sort of hotel luggage cart thing. I don't know what it was. Well, Lily's surprised to see him. Oh, there you are. Even though she was standing like five feet away and putting dust on shit. <laughs> uh, Eddie's just practicing for when he's grown up and was like, oh, that's great. Have you seen your father? No. He need, she needs help turning Grandpa's slab because she's changing the beds or whatever. Raymond, Raymond went downtown to meet some guy named Clyde. And Grandpa's out in the yard taking a nap. He's just sleeping outside? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, whenever there's work to be done, Grandpa always hides in his hole. <laughs> he has a hole outside. He goes well, I, yeah, I mean, he can't just be laying out there in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, Lily's going to go tidy up in the dungeon. No telling what she'll find laying around down there. Oh, okay. That's about the laziest line of this whole thing. Yep. Fade two. 
Herman and Clyde in the GG and G locker room eating some grave berries at a very well done up little table, right? There's a flower on it. I don't know why the locker room's got like a little <laughs> like cafe in it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, do they have to drag that in there when it's time for lunch or something? I guess. There? I don't know. It's mm-hmm. so weird. I'm like, it's a locker room. I'm assuming there's like showers and stuff in there. That's weird. That is weird. Like, I guess I don't know what they all do with that job. Like, is it really that gross? Do you need a shower afterwards? Like immediately? I guess. Maybe. I, don't know. I mean, we're messing with dead bodies all day. Wouldn't you maybe want a shower? Eh, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's true. I do when I got home. I'd like, uh, I'd want to bask in it for a few days. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When, when I was uh, 18, 19, 20, I worked at a grocery store and I worked in the deli um, and we fried chicken and you would come home and you would smell like fried chicken every day. Um, so I imagine you just smell like dead bodies when you come home. One is a smell that's perfectly fine. Yes. The dead bodies, the fried chicken, though, it's like, oh, God. No, overbearing. Yeah. But. Clyde reads Herman's poem. Oh, it's so beautiful. Now all he has to do is copy it in his own own handwriting, sign it, and mail it to his girl, he says. His girl. Herman is excited. There's been hundreds of ghosts in his family, but never a ghost writer. I like that line. Herman laughs heartily at that. You must have a very understanding wife. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And Herman's like... Uh, my wife, Lols, she doesn't know shit. <laughs> my wife, my wife is so dumb. Philip, <laughs> too. Lily reading love poems from oh. a crinkled up paper mm. to Marilyn. Don't forget, Herman was eating a banana during that scene, which was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> he was peeling that banana the whole time, mm. and he took a big bite at the end. Yep, yep. And I was. At first, I thought it was all bruised up, but then I realized it was just black and white, and that was the skin. <laughs> that. Yeah, it's very normal food for him to be mm-hmm. eating, honestly. You'd think it'd be a little more like uh, sinister or like creepy. <laughs> creepy banana. But then I started thinking, oh, that's probably like one of the bananas, like the pre-Banana Republic banana uh, when, you know, before Chiquita like overthrew that government in South America and the banana. There's oh. a long story about bananas and the history of bananas. And or like now like, they taste different than they used to. Yes. So that's like, that's like, you know how like, fake banana flavor mm-hmm. doesn't taste like banana. It's because yes. it's based on the old banana flavor. Mm. I would love to try an old banana. Like banana, you can't you can't get them. They don't exist anymore. Or they do, but they're like very rare and expensive. They're very rotten by now. Yeah. Well, those pretty, those specific bananas from the 60s, yes. But yeah, like bananas naturally are green and bitter and hard. Really? Yes. And so do you have to like let them sit for a while and then they're good? Mm-mm. This or is we like, like mess with them. Do you have to this is like crossbreeding and stuff to make these specialized ah, bananas. Classic. And there was a region in South America, I can't remember, I do not know the hardcore specifics, that developed the first like edible sweet banana. Wow. Then that government was overthrown and it has to do with the bananas. And that's where mm-hmm. the term banana republic comes from. Because it was like a government established by, I want to say, Chiquita, maybe Del Monte. Hmm. I don't know. One of those two. Hmm. Right? Like, it's so. Banana, and I'm here to say. It's insane. Mm -hmm. But anyway, those bananas don't really exist anymore. So they had to develop a new 
breed of bananas and like they got it to here what our current banana but it's not the same as the old banana that's that's pretty weird like i can't imagine a banana tasting different but i mean it's all i had like yeah i, I wonder why we haven't updated the fake banana flavor i don't know <laughs> you'd think that all the people that know the old banana flavor uh, are dead uh, be, just, like just so we <laughs> never forget, you never forget. Yeah, never it's forget. like nine eleven Pearl Harbor. Yeah. yeah, never forget what we fucking did to bananas, people. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I probably like it's probably like the most delicious fruit anybody's ever had, and like they just crave it constantly. They're like that banana was, yeah. was so good, and they, that's why they can't stop making the fake flavor because it's the only thing that gets them by through the day is eating that. Plus, mm-hmm. plus the Laffy Taffy Empire <laughs> would crumble. They're just the guy sitting there somewhere with a big pile of banana runts in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, God. Every every time he bites into it, it's like ready to eat eating a grape and a yeah. piece of cheese. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that critic at the end who eats the, yeah, the, the, yep. the, the bowl. And <laughs> yep. like life flashes before his mm-hmm. eyes. Yep. yep. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I swear I'm gonna get off these fake bananas. I swear. And then yeah, the next day he's just like, I can't take it anymore. I have to. And yeah, it's a really sad story, but yeah, you gotta now do what you, you gotta do. You do. You definitely always. And <laughs> speaking of that, uh, you dear listener and you monster hunters as well, uh, Keith, mm-hmm. please do like quote what I just said as fact because I'm <laughs> probably missing some key elements to oh, all of that. Shit. So I just, I just. I just I just texted three people about it. It's like Thank a paraphrase you. of a paraphrase. So please don't come after me on X, formerly known as Twitter, to let me know how stupid mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I was going to. Re- I I'm was done. releasing this this whole conversation on our uh, newsletter, Monster Hunters Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm. Please news say. with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know about bananas? Here's the truth. <laughs> They're aliens. Oh, bred by reptilian uh, reptilian overlords. Yeah. Mm, I mean, <laughs> makes sense. Reptiles love bananas. It's tropical. Now they do. Oh, have you ever seen a lizard eat a banana? It is a treat. <laughs> no, but I will. I gotta, I gotta say, I, I love bananas. So I, who doesn't? They're amazing. That's right. best and, they, best and, and they do so many things for you too. Really? Like what? Oh, <laughs> uh, they help <laughs> with like uh, like leg cramps and stuff like that. They help because well, of potassium. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to get leg cramps at at uh, in the middle of the night. And I started eating bananas like daily to make sure that I wouldn't get them. Nice. They're good. Uh, if you get an upset stomach, I think they're okay to eat. Oh, so good to know. Have you ever heard Kirk Cameron talk about bananas? <laughs> oh. So Kirk Cameron, boy, we're on. We're it's just a banana adventure today. Mm. Kirk Cameron uses the banana. Now remember how I just said that bananas naturally are inedible. They're like bitter and tough to chew. You can't peel mm-hmm. them. They're like awful, right? Um, and it it wasn't till man started crossbreeding various. They like, oh, this banana is a little bit sweeter than that banana, so let's make these banana plants, right? So it wasn't till then till we actually modified the genetics of the banana plant via crossbreeding uh, to create a sweet banana. Well, anyway, Kurt, ben, the banana is Kirk Cameron and a lot of. Um, ultra religious people's uh, 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 indicator that how can you deny the the existence of God? Because the banana is the perfect, perfect fruit. What? Yes. Uh, You, the banana is proof that there's God because it fits in God's hand. Yes. Uh, It's easy. I've I've been saying, I've been saying this for years. (laughs) Yes. But the banana in itself is inedible. uh, Thanks to God. And it wasn't until, yeah. And until some, some tree people, tree growers that <laughs> <Ants>. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> it wasn't until the ants uh, walked their slow asses out <laughs> down to South America <laughs> and, said, yeah, and tore down the Banana Republic and created yeah. their own. Is so is it is it possible that that like Adam and Eve weren't tempted by an apple? Is that what? They well, they wouldn't by... be tempted by a banana because I just said. Remember, they're tough and bitter and un- inedible. I would love it though. But yeah, like the little snake guy was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that thing will give you all your knowledge." I dare you to try, it. and they tried yeah. it. And it's just like the worst thing. Oh, like, they, they can't even bite into it. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, get you don't earn the knowledge. Sorry. That, that, well, that's how God caught them. They were trying to get that banana open to even eat it. <laughs> like, what are you guys, guys are you fucking with the fruit of knowledge? Oh, uh, and no. and we're naked. Damn it. Uh, anywho, yeah. So banana, banana, banana. Herman ate one. <laughs> Lily. Banana hunters, banana hunters. Flip to Lily's Mm. reading a poem. Some green little paper to Marilyn. Listen to this. Marilyn thinks it's sweet that Herman is writing love poems to Lily after all these years. Lily says that's a fucking pile of horse shit. You know it. (laughs) Marilyn's like, no, Herman's so proper and loyal. And what's that word? Square. Um, Exactly, but in a very sweet way. Lily agrees. You're right. And if so, so not not. Being out there, being a flounder and cheating on your wife is square. Okay. Exactly. But she says, if these poems are for me, then he'll tell me. And if not, I'll remain calm and adult-like. And Marilyn's like, the fuck you will? And she's like, you're right. I'll kill him. 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 And then we get our first commercial break at the 945 mark. What's that? I don't think Lily's ever said that before. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. That's always been Eddie and Herman's thing. Yeah, Herman said it. Eddie said it. She said it. I'm like... I'm wondering if we'll get to hear other people say it at some point in time. I don't know. Maybe they'll next. bring us back next week. We go to our first commercial break at the 945 mark, which felt early. Yeah. And also not soon enough. Yes. <laughs> fade to, we, go, we fade from the commercial break to two women at their breakfast table. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Attractive blonde is reading love letters to attractive brunette. And she, brunette says, Clyde wrote this. The little shrimpy motherfucker, and she's like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> this signature right there." I think mm-hmm. I'm in love. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you fell in love with this guy?" Yeah, and even Claire, her roommate's like, "Isn't he creepy?" Like, <laughs> yeah, sounds like he's a creepy stalker on the bus. And uh, yeah. you know, you said he was kind of creepy. You said he reminded you of the man the Board of Health sent around when our monkey died, and they had a pet monkey. That's interesting. At mm. first. I didn't realize they were at their home kitchen. I thought they were at their work break room, which would be oh. like the analog to, to Herman and Clyde. And I'm like, work at where the do zoo they or work something. at? I bet you that it's like cosmetic testing is what my first thought. Oh. But then I realized, oh, they're at home. I bet you they do their own cosmetic testing at <laughs> home. That's why the monkey died. Could be. Could be. I'd love an episode on it. <laughs> yes. these These two people. I was very interested in what they had to do because they were the most interesting people the show has brought in in a while. I'm like, they live together. There's two women in their like mid 20s, late, late 20s, 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They owned a monkey that died. They have a very nice kitchen. Like, One loves poetry enough to, yeah, like that's all you got to do. She yeah. head over I mean, here. She's not shallow. She loves him for the poetry. Yeah. Any guy who can write like this, that's the man artist. for her. She likes she's, artist. she's definitely not shallow because she says, I don't care what he looks like. Any man that can write a love letter like this is the man for me. He must have a truly beautiful soul. Oh, flip two. 
the monster's dinner table and Herman has skeletonized the giant fish. Lily goes, did you enjoy your fish, Herman? And he goes, you mean the soul? Yeah. Nothing yeah. I enjoy more than a truly beautiful soul. It's <laughs> a weird. But is, is that what it, a fish is called? A soul? It's a type of fish. S O L E. Yeah. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Uh, I I thought that was a clever transition back to the ones. I enjoyed lives. it too. Actually, I was like, huh. Well, first that this fish skeleton was remarkable. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hermit ate a whole fish, skin and all. Uh, that is impressive. I would love. Face I mean, and they eyes. can't. They gotta cut. They can't just cut it like after the fact i want to see this happening i wish he was pulling the skeleton out of his mouth oh um, like a cartoon oh, where he like yeah. yes put the whole thing in and just pulled out mm-hmm. the yeah and it's just bare skeleton yep but awesome. beautiful soul got chuckles from around the table oh herman you're so clever <laughs> herman's like well i gotta bounce y'all i'm off to clyde gotta go see clyde and lily's like clyde again and he's like yeah we talk shop he's been there a long time which is not true. That's why no. I thought again. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been there a long time. I thought he was the little the little squirrely guy from nope. the previous one, but nope. He's he has been, been there time. much shorter than Herman. Yeah. Yes. But he knows where yeah, because the... he was the new guy when in the yeah. um yeah, in the bullying episode. He's yeah. like the I'm the new guy. I'm gonna come in and try to murder this Frankenstein. <laughs> pick out the strongest guy and then you get a take like, yeah. like yeah, yeah when you're in prison you pick out the strongest guy and you pick a fight that, with him yeah take that's him what out Clyde was doing in that episode maybe they just blended the two characters into one maybe it's like mm. fight club oh that other guy didn't exist they were like because Herman yeah. never addresses the other guy yeah so you're right maybe. he just dresses Clyde maybe that is like his good <sighs> self versus his like yeah his murderous fighting what self. oh what if they all know that this Clyde has multiple personalities and that's the first time Herman meant that version of Clyde. Oh yes. The practical yes. Joker. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh great. this is a new Clyde. And then mm-hmm. yeah. now we got this Clyde and he's just a meek, timid individual that can't ask a woman for a date. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I like that theory. I like it too. Mostly because I thought of it. So there's <laughs> chuckles all around. <laughs> Herman's got to go. Clyde, he's been there a long time. He knows how the body's buried. Great. They leave. Lily talks to Marilyn. He didn't mention the L-E-T-T-E-R. Marilyn goes, oh, you know, you're R-I-G-H-T. Then Lily goes, I hope he isn't becoming a P-H-I-L-A-N A-N and he goes, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about, but philander is spelled P-H-I-L-I-A-N-D. It spells it properly. Yeah. Um, much like I did here on, on my little notes, but I just can't read. Eddie doesn't do a whole lot in this episode, but man, he nails that right there. It's that's so great. He's just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, yeah, learn to spell, please. He's old enough to like know how to spell the words they've tried so far. Like, well, yes. he's probably looked it up because he's like, God damn, mom calls Dad of Flander all the time. Yes. Yeah. What does yeah. that actually mean? <laughs> I have heard He's the word ther- Flander more in therapy two than I have in, in the other part of my life. In my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fade to Grandpa on the phone talking to Clyde. Clyde has a date with his girl at Lover's Lane. I'm like, oh, are they going somewhere to park or are they going to the lingerie store? Known as Lover's Lane. Uh, lingerie chain. I think I think it was a chain in the Chicago land area. Lovers Lane. Okay. They used to have uh, commercials on sports radio all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so that's a deep cut for me and maybe one other person. And Herman was supposed to be bringing some more poems. 
Well, Grandpa's like, well, can't buy, can't you combine your own personality? And he hangs up, and Grandpa's pleased with himself for that line. Clyde's like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, <laughs> he kind of hurts his feelings. I'm super nervous. And also, shouldn't Herman have like written these beforehand? Why does he need to like, like, should, yeah. should, at work, he should be like, here, just take a bunch of these and yeah, here, I got a whole book of this shit. Just take it. Clyde's like, you know what? I'm gonna leave a note for Herman. Fade two. Marilyn Lily doing dishes. Actually, they're putting trash in the garbage disposal, which means throwing out the window to spot. We get this is the first spot activity in a long time. It has it is, been yeah. a while. I'd kind of forgotten about him until it shows up here. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Little, little fire breath. Mm-hmm. Lily is still stewing on the letter and getting suspicious the letter about the letter. And she's oh, and, and about how Herman's going over to Clyde's again. Marilyn thinks Herman's too old to be interested in other women. Lily's like, age means nothing. There's an ancient Transylvanian proverb. Always put the shortest chain on the oldest wolf. Hmm. Okay. So, Grandpa? <laughs> That's what I thought, Fade mm-hmm. two. Herman at Clyde's door, reading a note pinned to it. I've taken my girl to Lover's Lane. Either make out point or the Chicagoland uh, lingerie chain. Uh, I mean, it's a great first state location if you're going to take someone <laughs> yes. there. Yes. And then he does this uh, P.S. If I lose Clara, I'll kill myself. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that they said that. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to pay off later, right? I'm sure he doesn't pop up in another episode. So, I mean, oh, we can God. maybe not pop up. But... No, never mind. Herman, <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Gateman would give him the employee discount if he did do that. That's oh, a pretty boy. dark joke. Very is, dark yeah. joke. It's been a while since they've really like given me one that's like, wow. I yeah. am surprised. That's almost up there that. with the uh, when, when Herman... Like the water got on himself, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the uncle like hanging, like hanging himself or something. Mm, yes, I don't mind dark humor. Um, it's just it sometimes it's just very surprising. It just comes out of nowhere because they don't really do it that often. Yeah. No, so Herman walks off. He goes and he says, "Good evening to a woman." She's opening the, her door okay. in the apartment, yeah. um, and then she turns around slowly, and takes a second or two, and she sees <laughs> Herman, and then she processes this and she identifies him as a monster. Um, yep. And then she screams, and then she throws her groceries into the air, and then she yep. faints, eats up like a whole minute. Yep, a little bit of a time killer, I gotta say, for yeah. that part. Yeah. Fade two. Clyde and Clara at Lover's Lane, sitting in their convertible, Clyde's convertible, I'm assuming, staring at a bunch of trees and bushes. Not a good view, not an overlook. Usually, like, when you see these things, like Lover's Lane, they're like, it's a park at an overlook, right? And they're like, Yes. Oh, look at the beautiful city below or whatever. This is mm-hmm. just a, a wall of brush and trees. <laughs> Somewhere like in the park, like in the back. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, nobody yeah can see you. There, there's like a, a street light there. You know, there's a bench and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to get busy right there, somebody's going to be there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very strange placement. Yeah, switch up, switch up and go to a Burger King bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's Cl- Clyde. He once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. He's crazy. Allow me to amaze thee. They say he's ugly, but it just don't faze me. He's still getting <laughs> in the girl's pants. He's got his own dance. Wow, you're a poet. Yeah. The Humpty Clyde is a slide. Do the Clyde. <laughs> the Humpty Clyde. Do, me, baby. Do the Humpty oh. Clyde. So Clyde's <laughs> looking around nervously. Um, I'm like, that's not a good view. And Clyde thinks as well. Uh, he's looking around and it's like, oh my God, where's Herman? I need Herman. 
Claire's like, come on, Clyde, look at this beautiful setting. I'm like, it's not a beautiful setting. I just, I just <laughs> spent way too much time talking about it. Um, it should provide you with inspiration to recite some of that romantic poetry. She wants the poems. She loves poems a she lot. She loves poems. Clyde's like, I'm just not in the mood. And then he hears pst, pst, Herman's behind a bush. He's like, wait a minute. I get inspiration by walking around. I'm going to leave this this woman who is seemingly interested in me enough to go to Lover's Lane. I'm going to leave you alone in this car for a minute while I go yeah. in this bush over here. I'm not going to walk with her. I'm just going to walk off. Yeah. Yes. I'll walk not off uh, out of this area where it's obvious that probably a serial killer has you know, had many a victim. It It is like it's Lover's Lane and Killer's, killer's Corner are right next to one another they're adjacent <laughs> yeah adjacent you, properties. You don't take the wrong turn when you get to the top of the hill <laughs> yep. so he runs over to the bush and there's herman herman gives him a poem he runs back uh well herman reads in the poem and then he runs back and he remembers three of the four lines claire is almost there she's like oh god i'm so close clyde yeah like, she really she's like oh she's like moaning at these lines mm-hmm, like yeah. it's i was like whoa okay yeah and he's like I'll be back in a minute. And he runs off. He comes back. He got the last line. It's like, wait, okay. He runs back with the last line. Uh, Herman's kind of annoyed that he comes back with the line. But Clyde runs back with the line, finishes the poem, and he's like, now can we smooch? He's like, not yet. Recite me another one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this That's is actually be a lot to ask. Like, she's mm-hmm. making, assuming he's just making these up as he goes. Like, yes. if that's what she's thinking, like, I can't just make up a very good poem right away. I mean, no. I gotta think about it. I mean, it for all she knows, he's like stayed up like to the wee hours of the morning trying to write the poems before, not just you know at the drop of a of a dime, just scribbled something down on a piece yeah. of paper to her. I don't know what she thinks. He just wants what? freestyle poetry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> he pulls out the little bongos and he's beatnik <laughs> style. Uh, yeah, Give um, me a beat. What? So he tells her to give him a beat, and then oh, yeah, Herman drop. It. Yeah, he comes in and he starts beatboxing. Yep, <laughs> and spitting some, some spoken word, spitting some hot lines. But anyway, she wants them to recite mm. another poem. He's like, Jesus Christ! So he gets up and he goes. And it's like inspiration time again. Back over to the bush. So Clyde gets up and goes. It's like fifteen feet away from the car. I'm sure everything's audible. Um, and and, and visual too. I yeah. She just looks over. She can see Clyde walk over there and yeah. talk to somebody. You just sit there and don't turn your head in this direction. Gets over there. Herman's got another poem. I really poured my heart into this one. So he grabs it. He's got the paper. He comes running back, and, she, and he's like, "I'm back." He hugs Clara hard, and he he has a poem up behind her head, and he reads the poem. I like the poem because it ends with "I can't tell right from wrong." And I'm like, this is like a weird date rape anthem. Yes. Well, he's like, you're the pedal. I'm the thorn. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're the pedal. Uh-huh. I'm the thorn. Um, turn the key. Honk my horn. Around. <laughs> well, I can't tell right from wrong. Whatever it is. Clara is ready. She's like, that did it. She can't even sit still in the seat. And she's like, kiss me. But Clyde's like, hold on. I got to run off one more time to tell Herman to scream. So that's what he does. But she, he doesn't say that. So he gets up and he goes back and he's like, that one did it. That's just ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. Herman should just be like, okay, he hasn't come back for a while. I think we're good. And yeah. Like, I mean, Herman's probably watching through the bush. If I'm yeah. Oh, you know, Herman is. Yes. Well, he's oh, trying yeah. to be inspired for the next poem. Oh, what if he's trying to under disguise and he puts on one of those that 
terribly, oh. terribly racist. Yeah, disguise racist guys <laughs> walks over there. Oh yeah, no, don't mind me. I'm just a poor caricature of. Well, well, like person. like the first the first poem was nice and, and you know it was nice and simple. Mm-hmm. The second one was a little more uh, date rapey, but like. It's all because Herman's watching what's going on. He's oh, getting yeah. more. He's, he's getting inspired. more tired. It's like the third one would have been like, it's very yeah, like, like, with it. unzip, uh, yeah, or or like or like it's a limerick type thing. Like there once yeah. was a man from Nantucket. Mm. Yep. Uh, I don't. Even, I don't even know how that ever goes. There once was a man from Nantucket who carried got a bucket. His. Mm. Jesus in a bucket? bucket? I don't know. Then, it's supposed hey, to be dirty, right? Hey, hey beautiful, suck it. Really? Is no, that how it I ends? Not, no, I have no idea. Is that I something think... to do with like shoes? Like a shoe has a hole in it or something? I always thought that it was, there once was a man from Nantucket and then it was something, something, fuck it. I assume that's it's not fuck... what it is. No. Well, it's supposed to be like a dirty limerick, right? Is it? The limerick yeah. has like a very oh, specific a... uh, syllable mm-hmm. count to it. And, and also because I think in most times that it's used, it's, it's used in a, a time when like, like on a TV show where like you're not supposed to have like that level of swearing, and so they, I don't think anybody ever finishes the joke because they're always mm. like, "Oh, there once was the man from Nantucket," and somebody goes, "Oh, would you stop that already?" I, that's or something enough, like that's that. Enough, that's enough. We get it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, maybe was a real I don't poem. know. There once was a monster in a bush who watched me touch her tush. Yep. <laughs> he wrote it all down and made quite a sound, and that's oh. when he screamed, "Push, push!" <laughs> I don't oh know. dear. Oh dear. That's a limerick right there. That's the That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's the cadence, right? Um where are we at? I can't tell where I'm wrong, which could be disturbing. Claire's ready. She's like, I can't sit still. That's right. He's like, hold yep. on. Don't yep. ruin the vinyl. I gotta run over here real fast and talk to the person uh, that's in the bush that isn't mm-hmm. writing me poems. Tell him to leave. She's like, oh. he leaves. She's like, go leave. Herman's like, okay, good. You're on your own now. And he takes off. Clyde returns. Claire's like, I need another poem that broke you broke the spell clyde yeah. i was ready yeah that was a mistake clyde that was a mistake we get a womp womp a literal womp womp is played uh, i didn't notice that, that. yeah it's womp womp uh, and clyde's like one more so he tries to freestyle some shit roses are red ballads are pink i'm in love with you i think uh, Clara says, I do not like it. Yeah. Have you been hiding a book of poetry in those bushes? <laughs> no. Where'd you get all those words? I might as well fess up. It was my friend Herman Munster. Clara goes, Herman Munster? What a poetic ring. Get him for me. Yeah, she's like, I want to see him. I was like, whoa. Uh, okay, I want, okay. I want Herman Munster. I can't. I sent him away. And she's like, oh. I have a terrible headache. Take me home. <laughs> and as they're driving away and he's not looking, she's just repeating Mouthing to herself. Words, Herman, Herman Munster. Munster. Yeah. Herman Munster. Like she can't forget. Like I remember this name. So when I get home, I got to find out where this Herman Munster is. So I can stalk him. Yeah. Fade mm-hmm. two. Clara's roommate sitting kind of seductively on the, <laughs> on the counter. I don't, it's a strange transition. Uh, She's, I don't know who this person, roommate, sister, friend, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, you mean you broke up with Clyde and you want me to drive you over to some man's house you never met? Yes, I've fallen in love with Herman. So she looked up his address and is going to meet her Prince Charming tonight. Flip to Lily and Marilyn. Lily's looking up Cl- Clyde's address in the phone book. The phone book, very thin. She thinks Herman is going over there to meet his female pen pal. 
If it's true, she's going to take Herman apart. So even Dr. Frankenstein couldn't put him back together again. She storms off. Fade two. Herman, seeing the phone book that Lily Circle Clyde's address in. <laughs> Herman, from this, assumes that the woman Clyde met on the bus was Lily. Because Clyde <laughs> never mentioned the woman's name, except for in that note that was on the door. And every interaction before That's- and after that. A great point. Now, he explicitly said the name on the note. Yeah, yes. I forgot yeah. about that. And he probably saw her through the bushes. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he was too interested in what was happening. Well, he was waiting yes. for the, the push, push part. Um, <laughs> I will say though, like, okay, so I mean, we've had a couple of these things where, like, each one thinks somebody's doing something. Uh, we've had that happen a couple times throughout the entire series. I was caught off guard by it this time. I was not expecting him to suddenly be like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm writing these poems to Lily and I'm like, oh my God, like where, where did they pull this out of? Well, my first thought was like, Lily never leaves the house. Well, other than the time that we know what Claire's name is and Herman should know it as well. But I'm like, Lily doesn't leave the house. And then, and then Herman says, well, Lily takes the bus every day to go to get groceries. Mm-hmm. Every and day. I was like, yeah. And Lily acts very funny every time I mention Clyde. Mm. Grandpa's like, oh, I want to subscribe to your newsletter. Herman and Grandpa (laughs) both think something is up. So, vis-a-vis to wit and ergo, literally said, not not the uh, guy from the Matrix, but it was actually Herman said this. The girl on the bus is Lily, and I've been helping Clyde romance her with my letters. Herman's going to go off, hmm. and that's when we get the following oh. clip. <laughs> you really think so? I know so. I know how these things work. I read Dear Abby every morning. <laughs> now, assuming that any of this is true, Herman, what do you plan to do about it? I plan to confront Clyde. And so, farewell. I'm going to sally <laughs> forth into the night and punish the guilty. And restore the treasured sanctity of my marriage. A man like this deserves to be horsewhipped. Thoroughly horsewhipped. He's gonna go punish the guilty. Is yeah. he's some sort of nightly vigilante now? <laughs> he's the Punisher, Herman. I, I, the Punisher. I love that because he did that in another one. Remember, he's he's gonna be mm-hmm. like, he's almost like a, a a paladin or something like this. Yes. Be, vanquish the unholy or something yeah <laughs> and i forget what i think they were just going to like rough up some dude Marilyn was i don't remember interesting. don't remember it was funny though i like that line yeah which one uh, i'm gonna go and punish the <laughs> punish the guilty the wicked the yeah and i'm sure he's got like a bible quote that he reads out like jewels from mm, yeah fiction oh man herman doing the uh would say yeah herman doing the uh or the whole speeches. I will strike thee down with the vengeance, uh, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Herman does every time he, he's about to put a bowl yeah. in somebody's brain. Mm-hmm. Probably talks about Royals with cheese all the time. All the time. Oh, I bet you he eats Royals with cheese. He doesn't just talk about them, he eats them. Herman slams the door and leaves. Great. And uh, Grandpa goes, Oh boy, geez. Look on his face. It's like this motherfucker. He's going to get himself killed. Herman comes back <laughs> in. What's the matter, Sir Lancelot? And then Hermes says, I forgot my crummy horsewhip. It wasn't a turn yep. of phrase. He's going to literally horsewhip. He's going to whip Clyde. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
And Grandpa finds this hilarious. He just starts laughing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Flip two. Lily pounding on Clyde's door looking for Herman. And this is when it doesn't get dark. She's knocked on the door. He's be hanging from the ceiling fan or something like that. Oh, he's already dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But nah, he's just on the other side. Herman isn't here. Lily breaks down the door onto Clyde's head, and Clyde's head goes through it. Lily wants the lowdown on Playboy Munster. Gives it to her. (laughs) Like, here, what's going on? He's just been writing letters for me. Instead of going, oh, that makes sense. She doesn't believe it. Clyde then thinks because Clara had a headache that her and Herman are fooling around. I'm like, I don't know where you make that leap. That does, that's a pretty big leap right there. Huge yeah. leap. Lily grabs Clyde by the ear and drags him along. That big goofball may owe us both an explanation. I'm like, why? What? Herman hasn't done a single thing wrong yet. No. Clyde finally takes the door off from his head around his neck. Lily drags him off. Fade two. Clara and her roommate pulling up to thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Heights into the goddamn convertible. They all have convertibles. This is where Herman Munster lives. It's like, oh, just the kind of place I'd expect my mysterious writer to live. <laughs> like a rundown I, mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, her friends like, oh, I'm probably looks better in the day. You really gonna go through with this? She's like, yep. Just like in a Doris Day movie, I'm going to walk up. Close my eyes, knock on the door, and embrace my dream man. And get murdered by possibly a psychopath. Who knows? Do we have Doris Day info? No, but Not everyone knows who she is. Everybody uh, knows. Yeah. <laughs> Just know that both of her first name and her last name start with the letter D. Yep. Got a good ring to it. Mm-hmm. That's a name oh. I will not be forgetting, that's for sure. Doris Day. I will forget. Mm, already gone. Yeah. Now, who? Her roommate, the driver of the car, goes, Oh, if he's really good looking, maybe he'll have a friend for me. And my first thought was Grandpa. Grandpa. That <laughs> would be really funny. A double date episode with mm-hmm. yeah, Herman yeah. and Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Fade two. Herman going through his closet looking for his horse whip. <laughs> <laughs> and finding a and finding so much crazy shit in there. He finds a water ski. I couldn't use that. Croquet mallet. No, yeah. I like. I like every time he does stop to consider. Yep. Eddie's whether he should or not. Bat. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. He finds the giant baseball bat from the intro. That's fun. Nah. I think. And I think he at that point he even talks like uh, that would kill, kill him. him. Yeah. yeah. Well, gonna have to bust this infernal triangle up with my bare hands. Oh yeah. On the door. Oh, oh, oh. Herman walks six and a half feet to his left. Opens up the front door, and there's Clara staying there. She's clothed, at least. Don't say a word. Just take me in your arms. Herman looks around, sees no one, says, all right. Puts a goofy face <laughs> on. He's like, ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, wait a minute. This is going to be a joke, a trick, right? Can't I, have no I, I have no idea who you are, but right. sure. Herman hugs Clara. Just then, Lily and Clyde walk of into the front course. gate. Canned mm-hmm. audience was like, oh, oh like they yeah. didn't see it coming, mostly because they're recording. <laughs> Clara <laughs> opens her eyes, sees Herman, screams, and runs off. And she looks amazing when she's running off because she's windmill swinging her arms around. Yes. Yeah. And her hair's like all crazy, and the look on her face is awesome. 
and they didn't do the high speed run that no. they normally have people do. Now, I really have, I did have some issue with this because she's already declared multiple times she does not give a shit what this person looks like. Yes, it is soul. all heart and soul until she sees Herman. Yeah. Until she sees yeah. Herman. Yeah. Well, Herman, that's another level of commitment, I think. Yeah. Now, she runs right past Lily and Clyde. They do nothing about it. Lily comes up and calls Herman a big gigolo and to never speak to her again. Herman's all butts. But, 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 but. Lily storms in, closes the door. Herman, what were you doing with my best friend? So Clyde's Herman's best friend. Clyde says, and what were you doing with your arms around my girl? Then Clyde does a cartoonish windup and then slowly punches Herman in the jaw, mm-hmm. which makes a hammer on an anvil sound. Mm-hmm. Pretty much breaks his hands and falls to the ground. Herman says, this kind of thing could be very disturbing to a man of my sensitive nature. Okay. And and then then rubs his rubs his chin a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Then we get our final commercial break. Now, remember, we're coming back from this commercial break. So anything's on the table. Anything. Funniest moment. We will cut the commercial. We'll cut the credits. And these last two minutes are always the laugh riot that makes you want yes. more monsters. Oh yeah, they, yeah. they they will ramp it up every time. Every time you think it's something funny that you're not. No, no, no. They're gonna ramp it up here. Here's some here's some button on the episode post credit Marvel that makes you go, ah, oh, that movie wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, Nick Fury comes out. Herbert, <laughs> yep. talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Yep. Fade to the monsters in the living room. Herman and Lily on the couch. Grandpa Marilyn stand behind him. Herman explaining it uh, it was just like Clyde said. And so you see, it was just like Clyde said. He cleans off his hands. Lou's like, well, I guess that explains it all. <laughs> another <laughs> another bow on a neat package that is a yep. monsters episode. Yeah. Easily explained. It all makes perfect sense now, I guess. Not a, not a full recap. Nope. It all happened off camera. And it satisfies Lily so much so that she goes, I am sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. And Marilyn goes, damn right. And Grandpa goes, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, you should not have done that. You, you were way out of line because that poetry was awful. And no way a girl would mm. fall for that. It was rancid. Absolutely rancid. Now Herman's upset again. He's like, oh. he thought he had a one line in there that was pretty good. And he starts to recite it. My life was nothing. Grandpa looks disgusted. Marilyn closes her eyes and she's loving it. I'm like, ooh, Herman's seducing Marilyn. Ugh. But it, it just <laughs> so happened. Cousins. I happened. That's where I paused uh, for a moment and she was in mid blink. So when I re mm. unpaused, uh, she opened her eyes. I'm like, man, well, uh, my life was nothing until your sweet presence. And Herman stands up and he's like, oh, I can't remember the rest. What the fuck? He walks over. Um, Grandpa must have been right. It's so rancid. I can't even remember it. But you know who does remember it? Lily remembers it. And she gets up and she finished the line from earlier. She breathed the breath of love into my soul. That's Herman's, nice. Yeah. Herman's like, oh, Lily, you remembered it. She's like, yeah. And I don't think your poetry is rancid at all. Herman says, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> yeah, at, least wow. in season, at least in season two. Lily cuddles yeah. up to Herman calls him sugar fangs oh herman laughs <laughs> credits wow that was, 
sweet note to end on. I, yeah, not the funniest thing out there, but it did seem like a, a nice place to end it. <laughs> Are you chat? Were you just cackling the whole time there? Like, shit, man! <laughs> I, I was laying on the ground, um, passed out from lack of <laughs> oxygen from my laughter. Woke up. You were wondering if you were wondering if Sugar Fangs was one of the uh, General Mills Halloween cereals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I woke up and I wrote a letter to General Mills and I said, we need a sugar fang cereal. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's already been used. So how about fruit brute? <laughs> yeah. Well, fruit brute ha- uses his sugar fangs to bite his unsuspecting breakfast victims. I'm like, well, okay, General Mills, you win this time. We did it. Made it through season two, episode 23. Uh... Serrano de Munster, de Munster, Serrano de Munster, Serrano de What'd you guys think? Well, I actually enjoyed this episode. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really understand how it gets such a low score. I'm, I thought it was pretty straightforward. It was, yeah, uh, it doesn't all take place in the house. They get out a little bit. It, the only thing is, it's uh, the only down part really is that it's just, Weird season two, like, you know, 10 episodes worth of somebody being a philanderer. And like eight of those 10 are Herman. Hmm. Maybe nine out of 10. I think maybe Lily's the philanderer in one of them. And that's about the only thing is it's a little, little bit recycled material there. But I, I overall, I thought the episode was good. I thought the two guests were really good. Were, were really fun in their, in their roles. You know, so it's, nice yeah i i like some aspects it's kind of a more of a mid episode for me though it's kind of like it, it went on a little long and stuff we've seen before i like the poetry angle i always like when herman gets some sort of like new fixation like i would have loved to see him really go in on it like start acting like some sort of like highfalutin poem creator or something i don't know uh but then it turns into just kind of a flanger story again um I like that we're getting more of Clyde, I guess, even if though it's weird that they're like best friends now for some reason. But who knows? Maybe Derek's onto something with his theory of <laughs> Fight Club Clyde. I don't know. <laughs> Fight Club Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was okay. It was kind of a lower, edging on the lower side, lower tier of the mustards for me. But I mean, it was okay, I guess. There's some fine moments in it. But like Herman in the bathtub was pretty funny, I thought. But overall, meh. I would say. Look, I know where the depths of the lower side of the monsters go. There's no way this goes to the lower end of it. I, I think it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, when I messaged you earlier, Keith, and I said, I think this will be one of your favorite episodes, I was being 100% facetious because you do nothing but complain about the Flanders. That's stuff. what I thought. I was like, wow. <laughs> when you're He's like, going to hate this one. pretty good. I'm like, what? <laughs> Keith, maybe you Keith is Fight Club Keith. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not like this episode. I liked the bathtub thing. I thought that was funny. That whole interaction was fine. There was a moment where I'm like, maybe this isn't so bad. And then Herman goes, she's off to Clyde's because Clyde. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. <sighs> yeah. I thought yeah. That- I, I do. Have, I do. Have, I mean, it that came out of the middle of nowhere. And then also to have the reverse of Clyde being like, wait a minute. He's seducing my girl. Yeah. That, that I, whole whatever. First I really it's not your girl. Be... You went on one date with her and she wanted to back out because she couldn't say three poems, dude. Like, <laughs> I thought there was going to be like a perfect storm situation where all four of them like collided at one spot, right? And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then that was yeah. going to be something. Uh, but it wasn't that. It was just, oh, Flander cheating. Everybody's cheating. 
she sees Herman, gets disturbed, and runs off. I like Herman mouthing the words to his own poem when somebody else mm-hmm. reads it. That's good. That's good. That is that is like top tier, like funny human stuff, right? Like I like that. Mm-hmm. Unlike Frogosi Emerald, where they have just bizarre experience from an internal source, which makes sense within the world that is the crazy monsters. They have adventures from an outside source that are totally mundane and human um, and nothing monstery happens about it, except for the fact that Herman gets seen and screamed at. Hate it. Yes. Just yes. get lost. Serrano day monster. You're not spicy like the pepper, um, but you are forgettable like the other thing. The old banana no one can remember. Yes. <laughs> the old banana that no one remembers. Hmm. That's just my my two cents. Keith, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was being 100% facetious when I said I thought you would enjoy it. I didn't think you would at all. Um, but maybe. Probably one of my top five episodes of Monsters Ever. No, ever. I'm kidding. Well, I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. It well, is. It's no. Keith's number one episode. Number one with the bullet. No. No, uh, no but I did. I I actually did enjoy this one uh, more than you guys. I mean, it's still. I don't think. It, I didn't think it was low end. It's It's like, you know, middle of the bell curve type thing. So on the monster um, scale, what yeah. would you give it? Like on IMDb, I thought it was better than a seven point two. I mean, you know, like seven point five, maybe. Okay. okay. So mail the bell curve, yeah. yeah it's not. Gonna, it's not going to be a seven point eight or seven point nine, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm sure CC the music man or whatever his name. He probably loved it if he was still around to view it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rest in peace. I know somebody that loved it. No. Oh. November 10th of 2018, Jimmy underscore the underscore gent four. Mm, he doesn't leave a number. It doesn't left count. a review entitled Herman the Poet. Herman writes a poem for the parlor's employee magazine, and his coworker Clyde asks him to write love poems for a woman he has a crush on. Mm-hmm. A pretty good episode, some amusing scenes. Okay. Chet Stratton plays Clyde, a practical yep. joker on a previous episode, but here he is just a nervous nerd. Joan yep. Staley plays the object of his affection. She was a Playboy centerfold and had her best movie role in The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Okay. We've talked about that before, haven't we? we have, the same yeah. year as this episode. Funniest wow. scene is Clyde and his girl parked in Lover's Lane with Herman Wright's poems hiding in the bushes. Three out of three found it helpful. No score. Well, he's wrong. I mean, Kissing Cousins oh. is the best movie he, she was ever in. But that's <laughs> so I mean, the so the monsters. I mean, this uh, obviously this is the the peak monsters where I mean they're pulling in Playboy models. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like the Scott Bayo of yeah. Herman uh, or uh, Monsters episodes. Scott Bayo terrorized women at the Playboy Grotto. Oh, yeah. just, oh just, really? Just yeah. just name name names. Nobody knows. Like Pretty like sure. everyone knows who Scott they are. Scott Bayo Chachi. We all know who Scott Bayo is. He's the crazed right wing actor that blames the rest of America on the fact that he's a bad actor, like Kevin Sorbo. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he played Chachi on uh, Joni Loves Chachi, the spinoff of Happy Days, where he played Chachi as well. Yep, you're saying all things I totally understand. You don't know what Happy Days is? I've heard of Happy Days, but Chachi. Oh my goodness, Terry! Happy Days. Come on, you don't know it. Yeah, Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Fonzie, Wednesday, Fonzie, Jumping the Shark. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I just didn't know who Chachi was. That's the oh, he was like Fonzie's like nephew. He came in like the he was like 
We because they lost uh what's his face? Uh, Opie Cunningham. What's his name? Yeah. Ron Howard. Ron, Ron Howard, Howard played Richie Cunningham. Yeah. And then he left the show. They're like, oh fuck, we need to do something. So they brought in Chachi. And Chachi mm-hmm. was like Fonzie's nephew, and he was in love with Joni, who was Richie's Richie younger sister. Younger yeah. sister. And mm-hmm. then they were such a popular couple on that show, they had their own spin-off, Joni Loves Chachi. Mm-hmm. Now, Laverne and Shirley is also a spinoff of that show, as is Mork for Mork. Mork for Mork is a spinoff of Happy Days? Yep. Mork appears, I think, on Happy Days as his, as his first appearance. Do you know who Mork yeah. is, Terry? No, I don't know Mork. So is Mork is Robin Williams' yeah. like, first what? big role. He plays a space alien named Mork. He is an alien. Mork. From he the is, planet yeah. Ork. And now, here's the thing about Mork for Mork. You age in reverse. So... And they lay eggs because there's an episode where Mork lays an egg. And from it, uh, was it Dom DeLuise? No, not Dom DeLuise. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. The big guy. Who um, hatches from it. He's a grown man, but he's a baby. He's, yeah. And like the leader from Ork is like a little kid. Oh, my gosh. So Mork and Mindy. So Mindy finds Mork because he cra- his egg crashed into Earth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in like then, in like Colorado, someplace I think. Yes, something like that. And, oh, I think it's outside of Milwaukee. And then so Mork lived in Mindy's attic, and he was an adult man, but he was a child, so he's very childlike. And he wore suspenders, and he drank milk with his finger. Um, what else did Mork do? <laughs> So, so was he he was like a, a a main character for a while in the show. No, he he what on Mork on Mork and Mindy. Yes, the show was about Mork, Robin yeah. Williams, and Mindy. Right. I can't remember who. But Mork and Mindy Happy is a Days. spinoff of a highly successful episode of Happy Days called okay. My Favorite okay. Orkin. Yep, where an alien okay. crash lands in yeah Milwaukee. Was this after the shark has been jumped or before? No, pre shark. Really? That's, that's pre shark. <laughs> wow, that's pre shark. Yeah, uh, this should be called like jumping the orc. <laughs> yeah. This is back in the times when TV shows could be banana cuckoo bonkers. And that is banana cuckoo bonkers to the highest. I used to watch more, but Robin Williams was so coked up and he was just out of control on the show. Robin <sighs> Williams character Mork attempts to take Richie Cunningham back to his planet of orc as a specimen, but is foiled by Fonzie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to watch this episode now. Yep. But Robin Williams played Mork. And yeah, Dom DeLuise and Roger Rees Dom were DeLuise. offered the role, um, but both passed. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, M- Mork and Mindy is set in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, it is in Colorado. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Who is Mork's baby that he births? Yeah, that's what he, I'm trying to say. He laid a giant egg. Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. There you go. He had his own cartoon on Saturday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Anyway. This was the episode. We did it. We made it through. What in this episode makes us want to come back for more monsters, if anything? Hmm. We only got well, nine I, episodes left. I, I alluded to it earlier. I want to see uh I want to see Grandpa and Marilyn both say, I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see something to set Grandpa off. Yep. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. He <laughs> <laughs> hasn't gone that far. Mm-mm. Um I think what I want to see is the ultimate fate of Clyde, like is he okay? Does he need help? Is he dead? <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the scene in Oppenheimer was like, did he kill himself? Oh. Was he murdered? We was don't he know. taken out? Yeah, did Herman like 
give him he did he <laughs> vanquish we, the evil doer like do we get the would? weird scene where herman's sitting naked and clyde's sitting naked and they're both just, they're just chatting yeah. yeah and then when he's getting interviewed later there's a scene where it cuts and they're yeah have you heard the big (laughs) there's people that are very upset about the fact that there's sex scenes and nudity in Oppenheimer they're like why are there sex scenes in movies now or like they don't make any sense I'm like I don't understand like who cares like sex exists it's not like this weird it's not yeah it's rated R like it's not like it's like in a PG movie you know like yeah but you know it's like post sex sitting around talking yeah BS, right like whatever right like, like it's it humanizes them you know whatever there's but a we're big, fine like, we're fine we're fine with the nuclear bomb and everything but let's, yeah let's, oh, there's man, people please. that are really upset about this and did you see this woman on tiktok because her husband is a recovering porn addict which is such horseshit anyway you can't be a so and so he's in a recovering porn addict and he was so triggered by oppenheimer and she was so upset um and she went to tiktok to complain about it and then she mm, she ex- she was talking with her hands gesticulating and exposed the little jesus fish tattoo on her wrist and it's like mm. okay there we go <laughs> um but yeah yeah i remember the when that movie was coming out there like people were like there's some like graphic nudity in this film. I was like, really? yeah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, it seems like pretty normal nudity. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not as graphic as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing about the TikTok. I only saw like a chunk of it. And I was like, I thought because he's like, he was triggered and he put his head down. Then I was triggered. I was like, Holy cow. I thought they were talking about the suicide scenes, which is kind of more triggering sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Or maybe the, the uh, genocidal uh, dropping of yes. nuclear weaponry on mm-hmm. cities in Japan and like the bodies turned to ashes as Oppenheimer walks through them. I thought those things would be triggered or the people scream that though. There's that a scene was, in there. That was awesome. See, that's Such so an intense so scene. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, it's scary because it, it's very much what the world is. And I'm just like, Oh no, it was a naked person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah. anyway the thing that i want to see is something big i think something big is gonna happen mm-hmm. herman will probably get a new kerchief in his pocket maybe whoa <laughs> okay mm. let's slow down that's a pretty big ask for this i know uh, just uh character shifting a uh, little kerchief in his front pocket like his breast belt. pocket yeah his breast oh pocket. good luck with that yeah god <laughs> Big monster ships. Yes. We only got nine episodes left, so they got to pull out all the stops. It's big a wardrobe changes for our main characters. Yeah, big mm-hmm. wardrobe changes. You know, <laughs> big, 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 big. Oh man, I can't wait for next week's intro where Herman's got that kerchief. <laughs> it's mine's gonna be blown. It's plaid. You know, um, we'll, we'll be able, we won't be able to stop talking about it for at least like thirty minutes. We'll be talking about that kerchief. <laughs> I guarantee we will. Season two, episode twenty-three in the books. Anything to plug? Uh, no. <sighs> so we should end this episode the way we end it. Every episode, then. Yes. I just love that for some reason. That is cool. This song is really dope. Actually, <laughs> song is good. You keep saying you got something for me. 
I've never seen the official video. Something you call Lakes love, for days. But confess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People walking around. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking. Yeah, I like and that. And that's just that's what funny. they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. Oh, and it does it again. Yeah, yeah that riff is cool. Oh, it is. Yeah. The Monster Hunters are Derek Glasscock, Keith Gola, and Terry Vicroy. Keith is the host of the Pop-Up Filmcast, and that was great, wasn't it? Both shows can be found wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For more about Keith's shows, you can follow Pop-Up Filmcast on Twitter at Pop-Up Filmcast. And that was great, wasn't it, at How Great Was That? You can also follow Keith on Twitter at KG3030. Terry is one of the hosts of Run the Reel. It's a movie podcast that does deep dives on films with a theme. You can follow Run the Reel on Twitter at Run the Reel. You can also follow Terry on Twitter at Terry underscore Vicroy. If you would like more musings from me, you can follow on Twitter at Derek the number nine and the word nine. Follow Monster Hunters on Twitter at Monster Hunters and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for more Monster Hunter fun. Monster Hunters is mixed and edited by me, Derek. All original music is composed and mixed by Terry Vicroy, and executive producers are me and Keith Gullett. The Monster Hunters is a Crispy Dodo production.